That's it, ladies and gentlemen. We're live. We're live with two fucking psychopathic car fanatics here in the, the, the lovely valley of Los Angeles. Magnus Walker and, of course, my friend Alex Ross from Sharkworks, who uh, I drove his car yesterday. I know you've driven his, his new creation. Yeah. That is the, that was uh, without a doubt the scariest car I've ever driven. It wasn't the best environment for it because it was on the canyons, and it's got so much power. You 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 can't really use it on those canyons because it's just so. By the time you hit the gas, you're hitting the brakes. Like you hit the gas, you hit, it's like something around 800 horsepower. Around there, yep, give or take, depending what gas you use. And like 3,200 pounds. 31. 3,100 pounds. Yeah. That's fucking ridiculous. It's like a factory sort of GT3 weight. With 800 horsepower, you know, gobs of torque, about, you know, 650 to the wheels. And Wait until you're bouncing off the rev limiter, you know, yeah. second, third gear. Yeah. yeah. My experience, second gear on the limiter was 87 miles an hour. Third was a buck 25. And then by the time you deep in a fourth, you're just sort of running out of road. And have you, have you done a top speed on that car yet? You, you attempted it yesterday. Well, officially we saw 147 somewhere yesterday and we were not out of fourth gear. So it's probably got to be close to 200. Oh, it goes well, over 200. Actually, yeah. the way that kit works, um, it's already, just in a turbo car, it already does about 202 in the mile. So in a lighter two-wheel drive car, it's above it's that. Brutal. I mean, it'll trap 140 in the quarter easy. It's like a, it does everything, you know? You know, there's always this thing about cars where people always want to add more power. And as you guys both know, we're in this weird horsepower war now in the world where every year cars have to, if you have a car that makes 400 horsepower, next year it's got to at least make yeah. a little more. Yeah, 400 horsepower is like a Camry right now, right? Well, yeah, about that BMW M3 that I have, which is a pretty moderate car, 420 horsepower. Let me tell you the craziest thing I did recently. Last year in July, I went to Norway to the Gatbull Festival. I don't know if you've heard of this thing. No. I describe it as like Mad Max meets Burning Man on steroids, and it's essentially <laughs> a DIY drift fest, but essentially these guys... 800 to 1,000 horsepower in a Volvo wagon, and they're drifting sideways around the whole track. So, yeah, the days of 400 horsepower sort of being a benchmark are gone, but I'm sort of the opposite. I'm the less is more guy, you know. Yeah, well, that's why I wanted to. I thought it was interesting that you take these really cool old classic 911s, and if you haven't seen the documentary Urban Outlaw, you got to check it out. It's a, what is it about thirty plus minutes? Thirty two minutes short documentary. It's an ama- It really got me excited about those old cars. It's an amazing documentary, Thank you. and you know one of the things that you said. Are we we down already? Uh, it's the same problem. I don't With know. the audio? Yeah, yeah we'll, we'll work it out. Um, we we have a new setup here. This is completely new. This it's is very high tech. It's like you know it. being at NASA over here. Yeah, yeah. Well, that's all. Yeah. This is a new thing called a TriCaster, and it does everything in HD. But Bandwidth we haven't is... worked out all the kinks yet. Is it... You mean we're not shooting I, this on an I'm, iPhone? I'm or sure something? we'll hear is, uh, about it on Reddit, and everyone. Yeah. Will the audio. It's back up, it. but is the audio up? Uh, Let me hear. Hold on. Yeah, it's work. There you go. You know why? Ralph in the corner's got an iPhone. He can take some great shots with that. Yeah, Ralph. Yeah. Yeah. Ralph's ready to rock. Yeah. But your uh, your documentary about those old classic 911s, and you know you rebuild them and add your own touches to them. But but your cars, you know, you're you're working with some of them less than 200 horsepower. Yeah, I mean, most of my cars are small displacement. You know, for those that don't know, my collection's basically early 911s from '64 through '73. You know, and that's really just covers two liter up to two four. Unlike this mad dog and Englishman right here, Alex, where, you know, too much is never enough. My background was sort of the opposite, you know. It was more the sort of giant killer trying to chase down the cars with twice as much power. 
uh, was to me a bit more exciting rather than just sort of, you know, flooring it in a straight line. And you can still get a lot done if a car's set up pretty well because 277, that's a car I've tracked on and off for 12 years and a lot of uh, club racing stuff. And it's so dialed in that 220 horsepower is pretty usable in a car that only weighs, let's say, 2250. Yeah, weight, weight is such a key thing. It's what I call a flat foot car. You can keep your foot planted all the time. Unlike mm. the GT2, as great as that is, you've got to roll into that amount of power. Because yeah. yeah. if you just stomp it, you just spin in. the road. It's yeah. almost too much power. I yeah, mean, it needs I like hate a throttle say, stop. I think I, the challenge is there is trying to be able to modulate and actually get that power down is takes a little bit of finesse because you sort of got to roll into it because mm. traction control on or off, if you stamp it, it sort of does the same thing. You're just chirping and spinning and stepping sideways. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, but the traction control, do they uh, calculate it based on the horsepower that the engine actually has? So, so when you jam it up to... It's not just traction, it's a stability management. It was the first time on a 997 that it had, well, on a GT car. So your car being an, you know, 0708 uh, Mark One, it actually has like a, uh, a more simple traction control system that, you know, you can, you can turn off, um, but it doesn't have stability management like the GT2. So it actually has two buttons. One is, you know, are you fucking nuts? And <laughs> are you going to fucking die right now? So, yeah. It says that on the button or it just says pass them or something? It says like SC plus TC uh -huh. equals death, okay. right? It doesn't it's even like, tell you what the no, things are when but you buy This, it. this <laughs> orange light comes on, you know, and, and yeah, you, you know it's sort of like, it, it gives you a chime as if you've got a problem with your engine. You know, that same, like if you have a check mm -hmm. engine light on a car, you know, it's got this ding and you're like, you know, you're driving and you have this like, you know, orange, amber, you know, warning sign. So it's, it's you know, they're pretty... See, the old cars have none of that crap. You know, you just yeah. sort yeah. of feel it or you don't feel it. Yeah, just Especially a... with the brakes, right? The, you, you actually yeah. can modulate yeah, the brakes yeah, yeah. by pushing them hard. Yeah, no power-assisted, small... Yeah. I mean... What's happened I think is... the brakes on the GT2 are almost the same size as the wheels on 277. Yeah. What are they, 14 and a half, 15 inch? Yeah, they're 380 I have 15 mil, inch rims. So, yeah, yes, they're almost they, the same they size. Are. They're 15 inch brakes. That's yeah. I got 15 inch wheels. Yes. Yes. <laughs> Those are 15 inch yeah. brakes. Yeah. Well, you need it with that car. And yeah. most people aren't aware of how much computer generated stuff is going on behind yeah. the scenes of a lot of these modern high-powered horse cars like I got to drive the Challenger Hellcat yeah. recently well that's and a beast even though it's 707 horsepower it's yeah. very manageable when you're driving it around because yeah. they have all this stuff going on behind the scenes all this... I'm an ex uh, Mopar guy I still got my uh, 69 Super B tattoo ah. yeah. the, well there, there's a that's a Mopar to be proud of this new, yeah, yeah. This new sure. Hellcat what, what like the uh, valet was is the valet key like special the 500 for the horsepower 500 horsepower yeah. mode yeah, they give you that, but I told them I don't even want that. I mean, that no, no but one I mean, else what do the valets do? It's stupid. It's, and why it just, do they have 500? You don't, don't let your valet it. guy yeah. park your car, do you? Hell yeah, no. but if you leave a valet guy with a 500 horsepower car, he could kill himself or wrap it around a tree yeah. just as easily well, as he could a 700 horsepower yeah. car. That's pretty funny. Yeah. For, for folks who don't know what we're talking about, there's two different keys. One is a red key and one's a black key. The red key gives you full access to all the power which gets you up to Hellcat 707 <laughs> horsepower. Tire smoker. Somehow or another, just having the black key yeah. limits the amount of horsepower. Yeah. Well, I it just doesn't. It, it probably controls, you know, it controls, you know, throttle mapping. It's and, not as much black metal. And, yeah. You know, an amount of, uh, yeah, it's probably just a throttle map controller. And, you know, obviously, you know, it doesn't allow you to sort of, 
you know dig deeper and go higher up to yeah well there's a so. bit there's a lot of rev limitations yeah too. rev limit like when even when you just limiter. rev the car up just to have some fun with yeah, it it feels sloppy well it just backs off when you get up near anywhere near the red line like you you, hear, yeah. you feel it cutting out i think the yeah. moral to the story is never let a valet guy near your car really that is and the moral you really story. don't need two keys in no. i've never let any valet touch my gt3 well, i had a valet key with one of the first cars i had which was you know like in at the end of 99 it was a supercharged jaguar xkr and it was best a convertible. Of right yeah, there. best of British. Convertible too. Convertible, right? Wow. Total California car. Was that when you were doing all that modeling you were telling me about? No, that, that <laughs> was that was a, that was a lot longer. World internet supermodel yeah, days. Yeah, In, oh, yeah, early internet celebrity. Yeah, days. there you go. Did you know that about him? Well, he was one a of my gamer. You were a video story. gamer. You, I don't know. Do you remember? Do you remember websites like? You know, Tom's Hardware and Nantech. Yes, yes. Oh, so, totally. So Sharky Extreme was mine, and that was one of the big three. And then Voodoo Extreme was another one I started. Dude, I remember that. I remember this Voodoo is the Extreme, man. and I remember Sharky Dude, I started Voodoo Extreme. The man Extreme. behind the We've shop. talked about this before. Yes, I don't know if we talked about it on the podcast, no. but we've definitely talked about it before. Yeah. That was your background. Yeah. I was a student you... video gamer. I was trying to make some money, so I started writing for, you know, magazines. And this is back in England. And uh, they would go... Why you want to write about you know hardware and 3D cards and all this shit? It's never gonna work. And so I just started posting it on the internet instead, and I moved out here and you know sold a website that was big during the dot com era. So. Isn't it funny that people? It. That's one of those yeah. things where people thought there was no market for it. People thought, nah, no one's gonna pay attention to that. Yeah. But you could put it on the internet, and you put yeah. it on the internet, and it becomes giant. Well, I'd... obviously there's a market. Fuck it's just yeah. you fuckheads couldn't figure out how to reach that market. Remember this crazy thing in 1999? Y2K, like yeah. everything's yeah. gonna melt down. I mean, it's amazing <laughs> it how far we've come since then. It did melt down. Right? Oh, well, how about again in 2012? Everybody thought the, the Mayans, Mayans were right. The uh -huh. end of the yeah, calendar. Yeah. They were right, the dude. Stars are gonna align. The aliens are gonna land. Stars up there. Yeah, yeah, exactly. yeah stars right above us. Yeah, yeah those, those are fake, though. Yeah, that's just a low resolution no, but, photographs. But you, you know, you grow up in England, and you, you know, because well, there's this big divide basically the between great north, the great north-south north south divide. So mm -hmm. you've probably seen those snatch and Lockstock. Lockstock. And, Southern uh, fairies, northern yes, monkeys. monkeys. So it's like LA, or it's like well, uh, America. It's like being in the 818 right. or 213. You know, I'm but, a 213 well, guy. There's the south, yeah. and then yeah. there's the north. All right. I grew up in the ritzy, cool part, which is the south. That was the uh, um, grim was, northern right, steel town chef. Right. But even in the south, you know, if you said, um, you know, to your school counselor or career person, you know, I want to be a, a fucking astronaut, they'd be like, tone it down a bit, you know, or I want to be a baker. No, you can't do that, son. You know, just just uh, get a normal Live job. Live with any means. Yeah, See, that's a, a great job. thing about America. I used to hear, cut your hair and get a real job. I was yeah. into heavy metal. I've had long hair since I was 14, 15. And. You know, over thirty odd years later, I still got long hair. But... You got more than long hair, man. You got a whole ecosystem uh, you know... on your head. <laughs> you got some crazy extra long, like rope-like things. You know what it is? Back. My hair flying out of the car, though. Yeah, it looks epic, dude. Getting caught yeah. in the door. I was telling these guys one of my funniest moments was at the Frankfurt Auto Show when <laughs> Porsche debuted the 918 last year, and it was literally ten minutes after it debuted, all the press was there, and they invite me up on stage to get in this 918. And I get my hair caught in the door. <laughs> Next day, there's like headlines in the newspaper. <laughs> Subtitle, it read something like, English-born American rock star gets hair caught in 918 door at Frankfurt Auto Show. But for me, it's sort of like this Samsung thing where, you know, I'm afraid to cut my hair because I'll lose my strength. But now it's just <laughs> turning gray and getting thinner and falling out. But I've had long hair for 30 years. But If back it to goes my... bald on top, are you going to keep it on the sides? Yeah, probably. Long? It'll be like a Nashville pussy. Have you ever seen that band? <laughs> yes, yes. You know, where the guy takes his hat off and he's like completely bald yeah. on top. Yeah, it'll be like that. But I think the point I was making is England is a sort of class divided yep country whereas coming to america for me at 19 you could sort of yeah, do but whatever even you class want. divided 
even in the South, I mean, when you come from England, I mean, let's face it, we don't have much of a space program. We don't have, I mean, you know, no career person. You got good teeth, though, right? <laughs> <laughs> you guys do. You brought there a shark you with you, you son of a bitch. You carry those things everywhere. Everywhere, dude. Everywhere. Chicks dig the sharks. They do, man. They don't dig the dicks, but they dig the sharks. But I have a good friend from Steve. Uh, his name is Steve, and he's from England as well. And he, must he not, tells right? me the Steve same thing. England? No, Steve. <laughs> he's actually a oh, professor. Steve. Steve, yeah, buddy, John. He's a professor in Stanford, and um, he says essentially the same thing. He says that when you are in England, they sort of limit what your aspiration yeah. should be. Yeah, they like tell you where to go. They tell you what to do. Yeah. I mean, I you literally know. went up to the biggest magazines, and, um, you know. Ralph in the background. Yeah, but it's distracting. The image is distracting. Yeah. Yeah, Talking about his kneecaps. Yeah. Not, I mean, if you could sit, you could sit over here. You could do whatever you want. You could join in if you like. Yeah. Should but, we get him some long pants? Is, uh, just, is it a kneecap thing? In the background. We, we're yeah. doing in the background. When the image. Um, but just he, so you he know who, who he thing. is, he he used to work for a very famous Porsche race team. Um, he's the godfather. Of yeah, Porsche. he's the godfather. He used to work for Vasek Polek, and he was parking like RSKs and moving all these like multi-million dollar cars that. You know, no, no. Back then, there were just two, the three thousand dollars. Adopters of your three point nine. He is, yeah. yeah, he is. Like right off to Kermit. That's right. And uh, and he's, he's also barefoot. Legend. He's yeah. also barefoot, and he drives barefoot. I've got he a can photo of him barefoot at the gas station in downtown. Actually, <laughs> yeah. You want to get in? Found... You want to sit in here? No, you're good. He's, okay. We know he's cool. He's, he's, he's very incognito. cool. Yeah. He's he's the Leslie's more guy. My friend Steve uh, Hilton, who he's a professor at Stanford. He's a very interesting guy, fascinating guy, and he fucking loves America. And he said he yeah. didn't realize how negative and how limiting yeah. like, the attitudes of people in England yeah. are until yeah. he got to America. Right. In America, people are like, yeah, you can do whatever you want to do. Whatever you, you want to do. Yeah. Like, literally, uh, I think I told you this on the last one, but I went to the most academic, ritzy school. I don't know how the hell I got in there. A lot of hard work. And, you know, my mom. Stunning probably, good looks. Yeah, stunning. Yeah. Um, and when I did get there, I mean, the whole time, it's sort of, you know, no, just keep it down, son. Keep it down. You know, don't don't just try and do something different. This is what you need to do. You need to do this, 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 and this, and then you'll you'll get a job in the city. You There's know, no such like, thing as dare to be different. There. Yeah. I left and school at 15. I don't know when you left school, but oh, I, I don't even remember. I was is that so... just like some, the momentum of well, ancient times? It's, just it's just like, it's almost predetermined. You know, yeah, you don't want to make a you lot of noise. You go down this path. But imagine going to the biggest, you know, gaming magazines. Well, whatever. If you're a nerd. Um, gaming magazines and PC magazines back in the 90s and saying, hey, there's this really cool new technology that I'm playing with, and it's sort of early on, I know, but it's going to make all these video games better. And then, you know, the editor-in-chief, you know, who's been there since, you know, 1985 just goes, no, nah, that's not going to fucking work. I'm not doing that. And so you've got nowhere to, like, express, you know, something cool and new. So, yeah, the Internet was pretty freaking amazing for me. You know, I just threw it up there, and then people start reading it, and, you know... Then what's funny is that same that same company, the publishing company, tried to buy my website like fucking four years later, <laughs> and I said, "Nah, I sold it to Internet.com." We're seeing something similar so, in America, yeah. where the Midwest <laughs> and there's a lot of parts of this country that don't have urban centers and don't mm -hmm. have. You know, there's a lot of people that are there that have like really limited ideas mm -hmm. of how people should act, how people should dress, what people should do, what religions you should follow, and because of the internet, we, there's like this. Im 
embedding of like a new culture mm-hmm. in all of these areas. Like you could go to anywhere. You can go to the Midwest. You can go to Kansas. You can go, and you'll mm-hmm. find really fucking cool kids who are yeah. on the ball who right. understand what's in. going on yeah. in the world. We used to have to right. go to a library yeah. to find yeah. anything out. Do or, those yeah. things exist anymore? Yeah, they do. They do. I take my kids to the library. You got kids? What do you do with them there? They That's look nice. at little kid books, man. Like dinosaur they books. We were out. talking about yeah. bookstores on the web because we were talking about mm. magazines and where do you get them. It's like the airport. bookstores, it's sort of hard to find them. Yeah, we're yeah, talking about you buy magazines at the airport, it seems. Yeah. Well, a lot of them, yeah, a lot of bookstores are dying out. Yeah. They're and then, dying and then out everything, rapidly. like all the you know Porsche magazines and stuff, they're all like, you know, on the iPad now. You know, my mom's like, they're better on the iPad. Yeah. Everyone's got an iPhone and snapping photos. I mean, I've sort of because I'm an ex, you know, magazine guy too. I just there's something about reading it on mm-hmm. paper. I still, you know, I still want to cut down trees, I guess, to do it. But you know, I got a great photo of him, the tree hugger photo outside oh. in the rain. Yeah, Mad Doug's an Englishman hugging the tree. I was humping your tree. Yeah. Sorry. It's it's he's getting tree. all excited. I just rent here. Just yeah, getting all excited. <laughs> just just wipe it clean. But it, it it is amazing that the internet offers up all these opportunities and the internet is essentially how i found out about both you guys yeah i found out about you because of the urban outlaw documentary which is look yeah. how else would you have ever watched that documentary if it wasn't that came internet? out of left field i mean if i can yeah. talk about that for a yeah, minute please. or two i mean uh i gotta give props to to me muscovici my canadian beard old buddy who'd uh he'd been following my post on pelican parts and i was starting to get a little bit of magazine coverage probably three years ago. And Pelican Parts, for folks who don't know, the website. Nerdy, yeah, it's, nerdy it's, Porsche. It's the nerdy. sort of classic Porsche Super. go-to uh, online forum and parts yeah. supply place. And Many anorats. I had a thread going there called Porsche Collection Out of Control Hobby. And Tamir was a Canadian film director who was sort of dissatisfied with doing Bud Light commercials. And more importantly, he was a Porsche owner and sort of connected with my story and figured maybe there's a little bit more to it than had been told through my post. And... Uh, talking of the internet shot me an email and a couple of emails later we had a sort of uh, online verbal handshake and he flew down on his frequent flyer miles to LA hired a sort of very talented crew for nothing and from my point of view it was like what's the worst that can happen here I'm going to drive around for four days and get some great footage we didn't know what was going to happen with that film you know and uh, we released a trailer probably we shot we shot it in 2012 January released a trailer a couple of months later that got picked up by Top Gear. And that thing sort of went viral and exploded. And then the film came out October 15th online and got into the Raindance Film Festival. And uh, it just sort of went from there, you know, and it's amazing how global that thing became because I think people connected to the story. You know, the film Urban Outlaw is not purely about Porsche. It's about my story of following my dream, which everyone can relate to. And we touched on a little bit growing up in England and then coming to America as a 19-year-old, not knowing anybody, but just sort of following your passion. And my theory is always the same, how bad can it be? And that's ultimately the great thing about America. And I think that's what Tamir captured in the film Urban Outlaw was my sort of spirit, which is a common spirit of trying to, uh, you know, follow your dreams and do what it is you like to do without taking no for an answer. And the past two years since that film came out, you know, it's just been a whirlwind of travel for me and meeting great people. And I've realized the sort of common bond with all car guys, it doesn't matter whether you're driving a 800 horsepower GT2 or beating, uh, building a VW in your backyard uh, or you're a Mopar guy. We all share that same common bond of loving to tinker with cars, like, uh, getting out and driving and basically trying to express yourself through the uh, styling of the car and the passion of the car and everything that evolves. And it is a language. You know, I say Porsche is a language, but I think all car guys share that same common bond 
And I think that's the connection why people sort of related to the film. Well, your, your passion and your enthusiasm is really addictive. And that's one of the things I love about people who are in it. I watched a documentary recently, a short piece on a guy who makes knives. He mm -hmm. makes like butcher Bowie knives, knives and stuff like and, that. No, I mean he he makes mostly like knives for chefs and and houses, the but he does them world, all right. by right. hand. He yep. hammers the steel, the whole deal, and you're watching him cut Forging the wood pieces stuff. and polish them down. I'm in a similar guy that's selling knives to Eric Clapton, and these things are like you know twenty five, fifty grand knives. Some of these old like you know really? vintage collection. Right? Yeah. Well, this isn't vintage. This is all handmade Made. stuff. But yeah. it's just it's this guy used to have a regular job, and then I think his company's called Brooklyn Cut. And mm -hmm. um, he just started, like, you know, he was, like, in a funk, and he started making knives almost as a hobby, and then it yeah. became his, his, his job. But as he's making these knives, it's like you're, you're really interested in the craftsmanship and his passion mm -hmm. and enthusiasm. That's so addictive. I, I think, don't have any desire to make knives. Yeah. If I kick a knife, I cut a tomato, and the knife's done. <laughs> done. I'm done. But I'm it's not, pretty like, fucking cool to see someone that's just you know he's obviously that's passion. his life and yes. passion and and he's putting everything into it yeah and it, and i think passion goes yeah. uh further than street smart uh, than book smart so i often describe myself as a yeah. street smart guy because i left school early without a lot of education you were talking earlier on about the path people go down where yeah. the in school, university, college, yeah, you know, they you. come out when they're 22, 23, and they've got no yeah. idea what they want to do, but they've got all these degrees in education, and then sometimes they yeah. just sort of float around. For me, it was a complete opposite, but just always trying to enjoy life and find things that you enjoy doing. But the key is never give up. You know, yeah. it's like the guy with the knives, you know, turns uh, what seems to be a hobby passion into a what sounds like a pretty successful business. I mean, when I came over here in 98, I didn't even have a driver's license. So. Wow. That's hilarious when you consider what you do now. <laughs> well, it's yeah. drive. Nah. <laughs> he drives good, man. Um, he just drives a little crazy. Not, not, but not that good, though, yeah. It's good. Not as good as him. He's actually, you know, it's funny you mentioned, you know, most of your collection is, uh, you know, the early cars and low-powered, but, you know, I, I left the car with him. It rained in L.A., remember, like a while ago for like well, a Thanksgiving. week? Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. And, you know, my wife actually, who made that video that you saw, because she, yeah. Which is not as good as his, actually. Which right? video? The one with Kermit, you know. Oh, oh. And it's I thought like, it was like one of those home videos you guys like. Yeah, to shoot. we like to do those, yeah. but that's a different one. You know, those, you are, those are private. You guys wrestling in oil or something? No, not in oil, just in water. Okay, you're a water cooled guy. That's, that's right. That's it. it. You gotta that's get right. that water cooled. I gotta get it in there. But yeah, I mean, you know, we left it. That, well, I said I gotta get back on a flight. I need. You want to tell them the backstory before that? Yeah. We'll tell him the backstory. Well, so. with the point where you're trying to get at is that you left the car with him to try to get him addicted. Exactly. And this is like the uh, third There's a third funny point to the backstory, though. This is the third or the fourth time. And just watching him sort of go up in his, in his roads, not in, you know, a 277 or an early car. And, you know, he respects the power, but he just eases in. And like I said, it was like a, like he found a song on the radio that he liked if anyone listens to the radio, but, you know, and he's like, I think I like that. And he turns up the volume a little more, then goes back and, you know, chops tom tomatoes with, with those knives probably. And then goes back, I like that song a lot, actually. And I'm going to turn it up a little Frank more. Up. And he continues to cook. And by the end of like that drive, was it a two hour drive? You it does go to, to 11. Me. Yeah. <laughs> you know, instead of having like 30% throttle or a three out of 10 on the volume knob, you know, he was more at seven or eight. And he's like, yeah, this is this is this is uh, this this needs some uh, time, you know. And uh, yeah, so I left it with him for a month. Well, <laughs> it, it, it must be something that you also have to get accustomed to when you're coming from these cars that are yeah. essentially Momentum most of your cars, cars are somewhere yeah. around 200 horsepower, yeah. and then all of a sudden you're driving. I mean, that thing's almost got four times the amount of power. So I'm used to sort of getting in these 
277 type cars yeah. and you can just keep your foot planted all the time. I call them flat foot cars where pedal to the metal is sort of my slogan. Yep. GT2 with almost 800 horsepower, you, you can't do that. So Pedal to the carpet. Yeah, I, well, gradual pedal to the metal. You know, to me, it's, so, it's a lot about variety. And the challenge with that car is trying to get comfortable with it where you feel confident, where you can push it more and more and, you know, brake later, get on the gas earlier type of thing. And it's a challenge to be able to modulate and try and get the most out of that car. The flip side to it is, you know, driving around town under 4,000 RPM, pretty but, docile just but, like any other car yeah but, but you gets know, real angry real quick but again it's it's the whole passion thing you know i'm addicted to his passion basically you know the, from the first time i met him you know like really it was about a year ago with the blue car to the point where you know i'm crazy enough i guess some people think to uh just go hey man can i leave the car with you for a month you know some guy <laughs> that's got a video like that you know up in the canyons well not only like, that no you're problem. leaving a car where it's and one oh, of one and a modified well, one of one but essentially one of 200 yeah, that Porsche right. ever built but Very i couldn't think of car. anything better like i'm not going to bring a you know i'm not going to bring a dolled up you, you know, see for me to clarify i've owned a lot of early 911s a yeah. lot of them but uh, my collection's my own collection. I don't build customer cars. And I think there's a bit of this uh, mis yeah. sort of uh, interpretation that people think I'm a tuning shop or a performance yeah. shop right. building customer cars. I get these emails all the time from guys wanting me to build cars for them or can they drop their car off. And I've had quite a few people approach me wanting to do collaborations with other yeah. tuners. So, you know, just to clarify, I'm a collector and I like to get out and drive. I don't build customer cars. I've helped my buddies out occasionally. So when Alex approached me with the car and just sort of left it and he gave me the classic line, like what I think is going to become the all-time classic line for me, he goes, just treat it as if it was your own car and do whatever yeah. you want to do with so it. So you painted it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you, know, so, you know, so now I'm, I'm, I'm down with what I call OPP, other people's Porsches. You know, yeah. for me, this was just a yeah. real fun collaboration to be able to put my sort of artistic, stylistic interpretation of the 60s and 70s sport purpose era onto a new car, which is something that hasn't really been no. done. You know, no one's really took that 60s, 70s styling and put it on a new car. And the Porsche world is a little bit black and white in a sense, just to sort of be real yeah. broad is you're, you're either an air-cooled guy or you're a water-cooled guy. Yep. You know, and a generic term, the two don't necessarily mix, even though they really do. Oil For folks who don't do know mix. what we're talking about, just explain yeah. the error. This is not a Porsche forum we're on right here. No, this is uh, <laughs> just a regular podcast. Yeah. Uh, but it's essentially, <laughs> is anyone it, out there? 94, 94 was when 993 ended production? No, it was 98. That was 98 the last. it yeah. ended? And right. when, that cool. happened, when that happened, all, you know, Porsche guys that were you know, fanatics for, you know, 30, 40 years. Let's start at the beginning. The well, 911 yeah. came out in 1964 and was air-cooled, yeah. so we'll start there. We'll start then... there, and all the way up to 98. Literally, people that were Porsche guys wanted to jump off a cliff because they thought... It was over. It was over because Porsche announced they're going to water-cooled, and they were just like, that's the end of Porsche. And they went to water-cooled because it was the only way to really get more horsepower. That, and I think it's cheaper to, you know, in a way it's cheaper and to mass-produce because they, when they were air-cooled, they were making fewer cars. You yeah, know, volume went up. Volume went up. You know, they introduced the bottom. No, you know, up. actually, that's not true. It wasn't 90. Well, 98, they made the last air-cooled 993. But in 97, they actually introduced the Boxster. And that was the first water-cooled. Oh. So you wouldn't know about the Boxster. No, I had Mid a friend. Engine, my friend Lou had one of those. He had one. It was an automatic. God bless this. The manual is a great You know what's great about yeah. that? That's like, a great car. Doesn't the exhaust pipe look really 
weird in you the like middle that? like that. It's a little weird. Yeah, well, I, I, I've seen one with uh, two circular. Oh, that's the S. That's the S. That's the S. That's good. I, I think the new one is beautiful. Oh, it is actually, yeah. The new boxsters. Well, the killer one is the new Cayman. You know, they got this thing yeah. coming out GT4. called the GT4. That's real. Yeah, it's yeah, real. It's real. happening. It really is happening. Yeah, it it's is like happening. a Cayman GTS R on steroids. Yep. So you know, it's like a GT3, but a Cayman yeah, version. Yeah, I wouldn't go that far. No, still, it's still modern and. Wait till these guys, you know, do the short works tuning and take a bite out of the Cayman. No, but that's what's interesting. I'm becoming an old like a newer version of you like an older grumpy sort of new car guy because for grumpy me the, new car guy yeah because the the golden era for me is the era of joe's car 997 right, yeah 997 you know gt3 from 07 i like the 996 GT3 when did you too. get your first porsche i got to, 996 to turbo yeah. in 2003 i yeah. think today that 996 turbo is the best bang for the buck yeah, yeah. in you the can get them for 35 grand yeah and really fast yeah. car yeah but mine was a lemon mine broke down like crazy and i got yeah. away from porsches for a while you went nsx i went you? for an nsx and then yeah. i got rid of that nsx i got another nsx i had two nsx's but then I found out about the GT3, and I was reading about the... Re uh, my car broke down five times. The they 996 had to replace, yeah, They had to replace the engine, the uh, so throttle, the, throttle uh, the uh, fuel pump broke, so uh, wow. it just ran out of gas. The fuel gauge broke. That's uh, a common one. These are big gas. problems. He ran yeah. out of gas, the fuel pump broke, the and shift the fuel linkage broke. broke twice. Okay, oh. that, twice. that was okay. a really common problem. If you looked at it, you would laugh because you're thinking like a hundred and, you know, whatever, $30,000 car, and it's got this plastic piece of shite basically mm -hmm. linking linking the floppy you know shifter to the cables on the transmission and that thing would break on cars from 97 because it's the same part in a bog standard boxer to a turbo and yeah we always had to make like a billet part for the early cars billet shift yeah oh so you made something much stronger yeah yeah actually um a company in arizona that that's like a tuning partner for me evo they make it and um yeah it's just a little billet piece and then yeah you don't get because you know what happens you get stuck uh -huh. you can't shift you can't go anywhere it's well not... i got lucky mine's stuck in second gear oh, that's a good gear to be stuck in that's a good gear to the porsche right. dealership yeah, that's a good gear to be stuck in in that but car but to happen twice is pretty stupid so when did you get the gt3 i got the gt3 uh, like a year before i may use so was mm -hmm. it three you years got the 2010 ago? you went yeah. hardcore and went backwards so dove right yeah. in, i loved it i loved yeah. it but then i found out about the Sharkworks cars and i was like oh this motherfucker just took too it to much the next level you saw my wife's video I, oh, okay. Yeah, I saw the yeah. video, and then there was the cover of Excellence, I think it, it was. was. Yeah. It was 3.9 was on it, and they were talking. The guy was just raving about the engine. He was yeah. comparing the 3.9. That must be your buddy, right? P.S.? Oh, yeah, Pete Stout. Yeah, that, was Pete the, Stout. that was the And now he's in charge of Panorama. That's yeah. right. So yep. I got rid of the 2010, bought a 2007, Good had move. it sent to Alex, never even saw it. Yep. Didn't even see the car. But just what's Straight it, off the showroom just floor. sent yeah. it right to so him. So you hadn't even driven in stock nope. form. Just you just sent knew it that, to him. I knew you just it. knew stock wasn't well, enough. Well, I talked to him. I'm like, this motherfucker is exactly what I wanted to hear. Right. <laughs> Everything you're saying, I'm like, that's my dog. Uh -huh. I just sent him the car. I go, let's do it. There it is. I just said, go crazy. It is addictive. And went crazy. And I love that car. What's your favorite road to go drive? I yeah, love yeah. that Angel's Crest uh -huh. Highway, man. I love you called that. me at the top that. of that, too. Oh, yeah. and then you we got went cell phone reception yeah, up there? We, no, no, I called him Sorry, when I got the bottom, to the bottom. Yeah, oh, I going to say. Yeah. yeah, well, we were up there yesterday at the yeah. other side of it. Yeah. I had uh, a reception. Yep. It, it's such a masterpiece. When I, I drove it, I was like, this is like better than any ride at Disneyland yeah, or yeah. Six Flags. <laughs> and I got to the bottom. And that When you drive a car like that on a crazy, windy canyon road with no one anywhere near, that's when you really understand what those cars are I can relate to that. God, yeah. it was so fun. Well, that was sort of how I connected to the GT2, yeah. you know, and then just little by little eased into yeah. that car. And then, uh, you know, these guys had already added performance. I just added a little bit of style and personality.
Well, I think, well you did I a crazy. The, if, is there a best website to look at the images of the what the, the version of the one that he created? Um, basically, it's all over sort of it's Instagram. It's all on Instagram. And so if you go to like the Sharkworks Instagram or Magnus Walker, yeah, you can see it. I mean, yeah. you did it's a sort of like of depending who you listen well, to. Well, there you it's, go. It's on my Instagram. It's oh, yeah, the it's on Matt Frost. Oh, look at that guy with a Honda T-shirt. <laughs> look at that guy. Who the hell is that? So that's, that's either the best right or right worst-looking GT2. Dude, it looks like I got some to. holes in my well, jeans. It looks good when you see it in person. It's like the blue car. The blue car. You thought it was really wacky. You're like, and then you came and saw it, and you were drinking coffee, and like, I think I like it. Yeah, the four one when you see it in person you see the blue and the orange that's go, a oh, real okay, animal that's pretty dope yeah. and you could hear it if you p play it off that other there's a video of uh matt oh yeah Farrah driving by yeah, let's watch well, that video i think you're in that video i think so can you hear that <laughs> that's just my instagram video. oh yeah oh, okay the folks at home it looks pretty here. fast coming around that turn actually that's and a, it's pretty cheeky yeah. right to have a british flag yeah union jack upside yeah, down yeah people are digging that yeah Vashis then that's what is with union jack on, on those germans car. on yeah. the german car well, it's also you, you did the thing with the seat inserts the oh yeah, 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 yeah we took yeah. a uh, my oh. wife and i took a uk tour right before christmas we did an event with porsche in london and then went to see my mum in sheffield and then went up to see my sister who lives in aberdeen scotland aberdeen so yeah aberdeen where we've got some iron blue yes so you know i'm a big fan of messing up interiors in cars but porsche had been putting plaid interiors or tartan interiors in these cars since the 70s and tartan uh, is that what it's called tartan, tartan. you know it's you like guys a call it you know and they make a lot of that in scotland you know them them william, william wallace dudes with the kilts and the sporans yeah. and the haggis Ooh. So anyway, long story you know, they short, they pull it up and show their willies or their yeah. ass. That thing. Mm, yes. I was just there for the tartan fabric, but I managed to find to this uh, tartan that uh, is almost the same colours that are on the car. So yeah. couldn't resist just uh, putting the inserts into the seat just to give it a little bit more character on the inside as well. I mean, when you open it, you just go. Doesn't fuck. make it drive any better, but it, it just does. sort of looks like it's got a little bit more uh, style and personality. Yeah, yeah I bow down to you guys on this i just that's your you're into it i like solid colors i don't I like know. plaid interiors but honestly that car has a lot more character in a very unique and yeah. weird way now that you've done yeah, it's got a lot of yeah. i wouldn't have done it, it but in, and with the gold wheels yeah it does yeah, yeah. work it really does i like those three say. color combos you know and just sort of trifecta i call it and like i say it's an acquired taste but it's sort of a late 60s early 70s mm. race inspired livery interpreted onto a new car which is I don't think you'll see another car like that out there no. on the road. Well, and, so. and you know, no. you see the privateer teams, you know, Race from the teams. 70s, 80s. Yeah. That to me is when I see that car going down, you know, as opposed to just being like a stealthy white 911 with a sort of big wing on it. It that looks to me, like the, a race. That race to me is car. the glory days of Porsche because 911 came out in 64. They won Le Mans in 1970. So that hmm. first 10 years, you know, Porsche just started winning everything in the 911, 917. And that's just like the iconic sort of era the beginning of everything that's become this automotive legend that has gone on for 50 years and there's only two other cars that have been in production as long as the 911 the corvette which, yep. which got there have. 10 years before yeah i've got a 65 well you know what i'm talking about then yeah. and uh, everyone's favorite the mustang and yeah. i'm always floored that people don't do more mustang porsche sort of comparisons because to me it i've came owned, out the same time came out the same time mm -hmm. i owned a 65 mustang gt 350r replica and the mustang owner and the porsche owner to me are very similar in the sense that both of them love to customize the cars yes you know you see a lot of upgraded mustangs i mean just look at all the parnelli jones the shelby's the boss 302s you know these factory uh conversions on the mustangs it's just never ending 
The 911, in a sense, is sort of a similar thing. And I think the owner and enthusiast of the two cars share that common bond of the cars are easy to sort of upgrade from a performance point of view, personalize them from an aesthetic point of view. Mm. And they've both been in continuous production for 50 years. And they're both icons. You look at Ford, and I think you identify Ford with the Mustang. You look at Ken Block and what he just did with his Jim Carter 7. That thing is ridiculous. It's a monster. Pull pull that video up. Ken Block, Jim Carter 7. That is I never had a Mustang, but like in England, if you if you were thinking of an iconic Ford, it was probably like a Ford Capri. Es- no, well, or that too. RS two thousand Escort. No, no, it's a, a Ford Escort XR three i. It was the most stolen car. Depending ever. Depending what area you grew up in, I yeah. think. Here's yeah. the here's the video. But yeah, Kent, first of all, how beautiful does LA look at night like that? That is. I amazing. was fortunate enough to be a couple of hundred yards away from some of these scenes. He's running on the you know the guys that you work with yeah. on the wheels. Yeah, and it's he's just running yeah, he's running the same fifteen fifty two wheels. Sixty nine. Mustang, is that what it is? Yeah. What year is it? Uh, well, 60... it's, truth be told, it's sort of a completely purpose-built car, but the, the real key to it is 800 horsepower and four-wheel drive. Yeah, it's insane. It is unbelievable. Yeah. And I think what this did for Ford, in a way, is bring a whole new uh, client uh, fan into Ken Block's world and also the Ford world through this Mustang, which to me just looks like Darth Vader yeah. meets Mad Max on steroids. It's the baddest-looking Mustang yeah. I've ever seen in my yeah. life. It's a 65. Look how And the fact that the chose a notchback, you know, a uh, yeah. notchback as opposed to a fastback. Yeah, know. notchback and wide-ass fender flares. Yeah. and It's just a yeah. monster. Look at this it's fucking unbelievable. thing, man. I know. He's going to spin the wheels. Well, yeah. Four-wheel. He's got it hooked up to a chain. Yeah, all-wheel drive chain Mustang. Down. Spinning all four <laughs> wheels. And the sound, you know, I'm not hearing that sound, but it's just intoxicating. There you go. It's unbelievable. It won't come go. through that TV. No. The only all-wheel drive performance Mustang yeah. ever built. What's the benefit of having a car like this all-wheel drive, though? Is Put the power benefit? down better, right? Yeah, but that's it, right? It's going to change the handling Or it makes dynamics. more smoke, even. He's <laughs> yeah. smoking all four. <laughs> yeah. This guy is a fucking madman. Yeah, Ken he's... Block's driving is Nice insane. guy, too. That video that he did with his Subaru, where yeah, he's was... uh, spinning around oh, yeah. all these different yeah, objects. Yeah, he did that on Top Gear, right? The control yeah. that he has in this thing. I thought the San Francisco Jim Carter 5 was the best until yeah. I saw this. Yeah. I mean, the San Francisco <laughs> one's still <laughs> epic, but this one. He's in downtown L.A. Right. going yeah. sideways around every corner in the craziest fucking Mustang that's yeah. ever been built. My right. mother-in-law sent me this video. Have you seen this? It's like, yes, along Who with 3,000. Who hasn't seen it, right? You're right about Mustangs, though, in that Mustangs might be the most customized ever I American think so. car. Yeah. Uh, and, without a doubt, I yeah. would say. I mean, and what else has been around in production for 50 years? And they're also How one of the most Civic? radical cars as far as <laughs> what you can buy. The most radical, what you can buy straight from the factory. Yeah. They were the first to go completely hog wild. Yeah. That GT500 with 668 yep. horsepower. I mean, what the fuck is King that? King of the road. I mean, that is bananas. Go, that is go, a go goddamn go bananas car. Yeah, and that's... to have a live rear axle in 2014... Yeah, yeah. The new one, have you seen the new GT350? They've gone the other way. They've lowered mm-hmm. the horsepower down to 500. They've lightened up the, the car. I like that. Giant carbon brakes. Yeah, I like and that. apparently, with this new independent suspension, it's a motherfucker as far as it's handling. It's supposed to... What see, see, honestly, I, w- I would actually take a slightly less oh, horsepower, yeah, but lighter. Right I oh, like that. For GT, oh, that was one of my all-time favorite cars as a kid growing up. The uh, the GT350 yeah, is a new Mustang. That's yeah. a Ford yeah. GT. 
Yeah, the Ford GT is a beautiful car. Yeah, the freaking prices on those went well, bonkers. Well, the, the modern version of it, yeah, the modern one yeah. is just insane. Nobody they're, ever they're drives over them, like though, ever. Well, I had a friend who had one. He said it was dog shit. I, I, I drove it. them. It wasn't... It, I was, there was a time when I was thinking of getting one. Um, it was the, the Golf livery one, obviously, because uh -huh. I like weird colors. And, you know, it was around 180 at the time, so it was like the best time to buy it. And now I see they're like 400 grand, but nobody ever drives those cars. See, that's the great thing about 911s and Porsches. You they get the driven. Yeah. You see a lot of high-mileage Porsche. You don't see a lot of high-mileage Ferraris or Lamborghinis exactly. or anything like that. You know another thing about that, what you just saw? So Manual transmission is standard. That's all you can wow. get. Yeah, how great Six is that? Six-speed manual is the uh, sole transmission. S-O-L-E and S-O-U-L. Right there, I'll just bow down to that. <laughs> one you, of like my my, favorite, you, like my, you like the sticker, huh? That that's one of my favorite yes, things like on the GT2, the anti-theft sticker, the yeah, manual. Yeah, 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 I love yeah, that. Dan came up with that. I think it's fucking gross that Porsche's not making manuals anymore. It's, it's I really, really disappointing. It's and the worst thing is, you know, Well, that came in GT4 come in manual yeah that does that's yeah. gonna ruffle a lot of feathers because guys are gonna go like you or 991 yeah. gt3 guys yeah, they're gonna go, go how come i can't get a manual in 991 gt3 well, they just ripped the soul out of that car out of the gt3 program when they you know said it's pdk only you know i get that they have to compete with you know the nissan gtr the m3s and all these all these cars that are basically you know automatic and you just push a button it does everything for you they got but, no song. well actually you do have to still push the well gas. they're all playing numbers they're all well, yeah they, they can't compete the GTR. and right. even on nurburgring they can't yeah. compete unless but so what what do you i, no, no, I agree you, I, but they ultimately it's compete. all about the journey i think you know the yeah. interaction and you know the control you put yeah, into you lose the your car. arm yeah. and the leg you know you're just like you're falling asleep the, the 991 gt3 is honestly the first gt3 ever that i've been sort of bored in you know it's a gt3 that i've been bored in and i'm like pushing buttons because i see oh it's got some new buttons what does this do you right. know, instead of like actually going you know wow i'm really engaged don't get me wrong it's a great car for a first time porsche buyer i suppose but that's who's buying them usually and not the hardcore gt3 well it's rich guys who don't really know how to drive a manual I, mean, I have a friend yeah. who's wealthy who doesn't know how to drive uh, a manual mm -hmm. and i go listen i go rent he's a, a fucking GT3. car i go rent a car for no he doesn't but he's thinking about getting one i go don't do it I go rent rent a car, yeah. rent it for the weekend, and beat the shit out, out of, of it. it. Learn how to drive, drive it. Yeah. I go, you can learn how to drive it in ten minutes. It's not hard. Yeah. It's like, eh, that's shit. it. See, that's the great thing about driving a, a manual. Can do yeah, exactly. How, how bad how can, hard it be? can it be? Yeah. You know, I say it covers all the senses. That to me is a great thing about driving. I, don't, I think ultimately it doesn't matter what car you drive, but what matters is being engaged and involved in that experience, yeah. which covers sight, sound, feel, touch, you know, yeah, well, you know how it two is hands canyons, and two feet. You know, yeah. in the canyons, wouldn't you get bored? Just, just all you would do is put, because you'd probably not even push buttons anymore, but you just push the gas and you're going around and it's like, okay, now what? My arm's not doing anything. My leg's not doing anything. I'm not getting that feedback into well, my body. Both. I have yeah. my M three yeah, yeah. is a PDK car. Or yeah, yeah, it's a double yeah. clutch car. Yeah, yeah. It it drives Does great. great. It's yeah. fun. It's, I, awesome. I, I, it's my traffic car. Yeah. I love it's driving traffic it in traffic. Car. Yeah, there you go. It's great because it you handles great. Yeah, constantly. I'm the opposite. I live 200 yards from where I work, so for yeah. me, 80% of my driving walking pure pleasure. Do you have like a regular car that you drive, or do you commute? I, I oh. literally. <laughs> well, hold on, hold on. I walk to work, so I got the garage full of cars. I walk to work. I have my wife Karen. Her car, what I call the wife's car, is a regular car. Yeah. Has what kind four of doors. Car it's a BMW. BMW. Okay, I, so I gave you shit for that. Yeah. I gave him so much shit for that. You know, What's it's wrong funny. With BMW. They're no, no, cars. but I mean it's. It's, you know, the funny thing is when people Walker pull up BMW next to me and they look at me and go, the puzzled look, they go, aren't you that Porsche guy? And I yeah. go, yeah. And they go, what are you doing driving a BMW? I go, it's my wife's car. 
Still a great car. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it is, yeah. it is. A 335 IBMW, you know, sort of Are gets the, the job done. Are you on the Bluetooth, you driving it? No, come on. I have no a Bluetooth. 2012 I barely know M3, how to turn the iPhone on. But you know what I really like? I like, I like the generation before mine. Mm -hmm. The, you know, the one with 333 horsepower. The one so the E46? Was, yes. That's a beautiful car, man. So a lot of people make series. track. Yeah, yeah, yeah a lot of people I mean. make um, sort of track cars out of those. And then great even the car. E36. That's like probably the most common, you know, sort of you know like get into you know tracking other than a miata that's that you know e36 m3 what is the most common right they look beautiful in silver i've seen some i always ones. love the 2002 tii and the 3.0 batmobile yeah, so you're going older on old school oh, i always really? go back to old school 70s yeah. Yeah. I always go back that way. why is that why why are you uh so i think it's school? my age my era you know i'm 48 so i grew up born in 67 grew up in the 70s well. Yeah, well, thanks. You know, so as a kid, those are those informative years. Alex is a little bit younger, so I think his point of no. reference is 80s. Mm -hmm. My point yeah. of reference is 70s. You know, I remember watching motor Durand racing Durand. on TV on Grandstand on a Saturday. Yep. Watching Grandstand rally is a cars. sports program in England on the BBC. You know, this is when we had two channels, I think. No, no, we had three. three. 1982, they introduced. Three channels. We had yeah. three channels, ah. and then I think it was 82 BBC or 83. BBC One, BBC Two, and ITV. They went with... Now we're going to unveil Channel 4. Four. And yeah. literally the entire country stopped as if it was a royal wedding, right? And the very first program was this thing called Countdown, right? Which was like a, a game show where, you know, they would have like, they'd pick letters and you'd go, I'd like a vowel, please, or I'd like a consonant, please. And they put it up and you'd, and you'd sort of have to fill in the blanks, you know, and they'd have celebrities and stuff. And they'd go, okay, well, you know, give me an A, give me a, you know, or sorry, give me a letter and, and, you know, you'd make a word out of it. And it was like, that was the first program to launch the, you know, Channel 4. And you're like, what I don't remember hell? that. I'm, you well, know, you for me, I remember uh, Old Grey Whistle Test, Top of the Pops. They were the music shows. Yeah, top of the Pops. Yeah, that, was, that. That, was, yeah, that was that was sort of, I grew you know, up with that too. every Thursday, Top of the Pops. And then uh, what was Channel 4's music show in the 80s? Oh, that was, uh, it was with Paula Yates. Right, and, who ended um, up marrying and, Bob Geldof. Yeah, it um, oh, Not I think it was the tube. The, the tube, tube, that was it. This that is pre-MTV, so you yeah. know, this is going back. For... It was pretty trendy. They had some really good bands on it, you know. It was sort of a cool era of music. You know, my thing growing up was, uh, I'm from Sheffield, so Sheffield was sort of, I portray it, grim northern steel town, but it was also yeah. a great music town. You know, Joe Cocker, who recently passed was away, bad. was from, uh, was from Sheffield. Yeah, he died recently, Yeah, he did, lad. a couple of weeks ago. Yep. But when I was a teenager, you know, late 70s, early 80s, Sheffield was known for its new wave bands, Human League, Heaven 17, ABC, yeah. Cabaret Voltaire. But the flip side to it was Def Leppard, Saxon, heavy metal music. So Sheffield's always had a great musical vibe, I guess, yeah, the current... Uh, pin-up band from Sheffield's Arctic Monkeys, which are sort of Love really those big guys. and popular. Mm -hmm. So, you know, these northern environment towns, you know, Manchester, Sheffield, Leeds, Liverpool, I think they breed creativity because, you know, people are just looking for a way out, something different. You know, mm. back then in the 70s, it was pretty depressed, steel mills closing down, Coal mines closing down. So coal miners for gates. Yeah, well, coalition. we'll talk about that later. You seen That's that your movie? favorite coal subject. What? So there was a uh, there was a uh, movie I saw recently called Pride. You know, you like English sort of humor, black humor movies, um, and it's this like is going to sound Monty weird. Yeah, it's, it's like Full Monty on steroids. It's it's called Pride. You should look it up. Um, small sort of British movie. It'll probably win some awards. Came out this year, but it's about the coal mining strike in the 80s, which I remember growing up you know there Arthur Scargill was Scargill, a leader of the coal miners yeah. and practically shut and, the country down when the mines know, went on strike exactly everyone was on strike and uh, the, there was police brutality towards the miners that were striking but there was also police brutality to 
gays and let well not lesbians but gays mostly at the time because uh, lesbians gets brutal with lesbians no well you don't mess with them no you don't mess with that you don't want to get your ass kicked by a lesbian right come on so in london and and you know they were they were activists and they were thinking well nobody's taking us seriously but we have something in common with these miners in the middle of wales you know wales is this what is that common bond thread you know what that is yeah, I know you've said it before. It's it's the uh, uh, you, I'll let you say it since you're the dirty-minded one. <laughs> but but yeah, you've got well, what the, is it? Come on, There's something uh, about a black hole. Black hole. Oh, yeah, I know. Black. You. I know. How dare you? But they are, you know, being beaten on a daily basis, and you know, base just just penalized for being you know gay. And they're like, well, we have a lot of in common with these coal miners right now. What we're going to do is we're going to form this coalition called Gays and Lesbians for Miners, you know, coalition. And we're going to raise money for them. And so what happened is, you know, they would raise money since all these miners were out of jobs and striking, you know, on the on the streets. So you can imagine in, you know, the 70s and sorry, in the 80s, the early 80s, you know, gay people on the streets going, hey, would you like to donate to the miners of Wales for gays and lesbians? You know, we're gays and lesbians. Would you like to donate? Wow. And the kind of looks and things were like... That's Yeah, that's an interesting thing. Yeah, it's really cool. So then, you know, they, they get all this money and they end up actually getting a lot of money for these miners and they go visit them in Wales. They get in a, in a bang bus, basically, and go visit them. Um, and when they get there, you know, you have, to fear, you have to realize that, you know, these are coal miners... There's probably there's probably homosexuality there underneath, but what are you trying to say? I'm that they go digging, I guess, for coal. <laughs> I don't know. It's a fossil well, fuel you, thing. I think it's if you're doing gay sex, if you're thing. digging, you're doing it wrong. I, I haven't have done imagine. it, but yeah. So I don't, I don't know. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. I've read books about people it. People would shake their head and go, yeah. "This is not the right technique." This is, well, the, this right, is this. a little bit different to the Ewan McGregor coal mining brassed off movie. Yes, right, it they're is. Talking about the brass band, the yes. marching brass band. But they get there, and there's this 105 year old, you know, grandma that's you know pouring tea for all the miners at their club. And working man's club, working man's club right? That's the thing we have in England. And she's and she's just like, you know, whatever the guy's name is, who's in charge of them. She goes, "Your gays are here," you know, and it's like <laughs> the whole place just stands still. And you know, they're bringing money for them, and yeah. they form a bond. They That's actually awesome. kind of turn them around. It's it's happy go lucky, but then, not to put a damper on it, but then you know, the main guy gets is is one of the he's the second person with the uh, to contract AIDS in uh, in the UK, so, and then oh, he dies. Sorry. But the other, sorry, the f- and the other guy does live. Sorry, well, the other guy <laughs> lives. The other guy does okay. live. Did you okay. hear that Russia recently banned transgender people from driving? From driving? How would that from impede driving. anyone from yeah. driving properly? Uh, well, you got to not dress like a woman or dress like a man if you're a woman. Could you? Oh, I mean, I don't know if it's. I think trans, transgender, transsexual, trans, transvestite, trans anything, trans Transylvania. transmission. They, they have like, PDK transmission. They have yes. I like they how have, we bounce around. What about male transmission? That doesn't make any sense. If, they're I holding think a stick. Russian is um, they're they're so archaic with their their views on homosexuality. Archaic and they've things, right? they've like decided to just literally yeah. ban That's gay crazy. people there's, from. Well, and, there's and documentaries on, on really that crazy. too. It's fucking about, insane. Yeah, yeah they, they go head hunting for them. Like you know, really crazy. It's uh, th- that country is falling apart right before our eyes and. Coincidentally, doesn't make a good sports car. 
Russia, yeah. No. Well, they, you, you know go. what they did? They Remember bought, they had the Moscovich in the 70s? Remember that, the Russian Yes, Moscovich? they did. They, they bought the the worst British car company you could possibly buy. Remember that um, Russian guy? He was like a 20-year-old kid, billionaire. What he he bought TVR. Oh, Trevor out of Blackpool. Yeah, he bought Trevor. And that's not a good car company. I mean, they, they I look, like the styling of the TVR. No, TVRs, the styling's I good. Just don't admit. drive it. Yeah. Just don't I drive admit, it. I got to admit, they look cool. The windshield falls off. They have the, a boatload of power. Remember, I remember that uh, Top Gear episode where, you know, he's testing like, a, you know, one of those weird looking TVRs with the paint, you know, from the mid early 2000s. And, uh, you know, the, the windshield wiper actually just like flies off. I mean, it's a you know factory car. It just flies off going 120 miles an hour. This is this is how crazy Russia is. They've they've lumped it all in with rational ideas. Like you shouldn't be allowed to drive. You're blind. Shouldn't be allowed to drive if you have like. That's probably a good idea, hair. right? Yeah. yeah. And then yeah. along with that, they they listed the desire to live and be accepted as a member of the opposite sex and people who wear clothes of the opposite sex in order to experience temporary membership yeah. of the opposite sex. Temporary. Those well, people. What what was the Russian drivers must not have sex disorder. Well, so what was interesting? Can you have though, sex in a car in Russia, though? I hope so. Yeah, I, be, I bet that's been going driving? on since the communist era for sure. But the the <laughs> crazy part is that um, you know they had their first F one race there, right? And sort of like coming to Texas, you know, a black guy, Lewis Hamilton, wins the first race. You know, it's they don't see many black people in Russia. I mean, it's a very sort of white place. It's it's yeah, actually quite racist. I know because. Um, I have Russian blood in me, unfortunately. And you, that's the racist part of you? No, I'm not, no, not at all. Not at all, actually. I, I was born and raised in London, very cosmopolitan. I have You're many, many green, yellow, you know, black. He's like the United Colors of Benetton, really. Oh, there we go. That's right. That I remember that remember ad. Those I remember those ads. ads. I always think of them as American apparel, like CD uh, basement, wood paneling. <laughs> no. That's how I look at No, you. but she, she's, she, she got kicked out of... Uh, I remember seeing that Union. Fear Factory episode you did down at the American Apparel uh, facility yeah, down, there on down there on Alameda and Six. Yeah. 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 Speaking of which, our T-shirts are made by them American and American printed Apparel. in Fremont by the really? same guys that make it for Tesla. So well, it's the all guy, here. The main guy Dolph, in American Dolph Apparel Cheney. is supposed to be very weird. Eccentric, I think. Yeah. Shady. Yeah. Creepy. Shady, uh-oh. Creepy. Isn't he? Like, there's all these articles. I never met him. Written about him. See, it does seem to attract. Try, I just paid the bill. We just paid the bills for it. I don't know. They tried to him. kick him out of the company, and somehow now they bought his way back in. That or... company got huge pretty quick. You yeah. know, stores everywhere, and you know, yeah. well, it's all, all over teenagers the world, in their underwear, a wood paneled. In well, the, the cool thing is, yeah. the cool thing is actually about that company is that um, on the labels, you know, we can we can specify what we want. So, like, you know, that blue, that bright blue thing, you know, it's it. it not that one, because that's a demo, but we're going to have labels that say, you know... Where until this, it smells? No, where until it smells, yeah, no. This was made by, you know, people over the age of, you know, 12, you know, that didn't, that didn't you know, earn one cent a month. Mm. You know, it wasn't exploited, you know. Well, that's not, their whole big thing, yeah. fully vertical. It was so done meaning, in L.A. You know, they knit the real fabric wages. in L.A., they yeah. cut it, they uh, yeah. sew it right there on Alameda yeah, and so, 6th Street. You know. Yeah, well, I've been to their factory. There's no shark fins yeah, in it. There, there are regular. They got like people. a million square feet of production down there. It's, it's unbelievable. a giant. Well, it's it, they I hope also. It's not all the front though, because I'd be really disappointed. No, no, no. I mean, and then it's actually made in Honduras. No, you can see the factory. Made in DTLA. I mean, I've walked down through their. I've actually when we were filming there, we actually walked through their factory. Yeah, but this pretty see cool What happened? This is going back to the geeky thing. Sorry, but when I, you know, are we still talking about England and four channels? We're talking about whatever the fuck. No, but when so 1998, you know, I'm out of university. 97 actually i'm out of uh, university and i'm doing this website thing 
and I'm going to, you know what um, CES is right now? Yes, so the Computer it used, Expo. Right, yeah. It used to be called Is that Condex. like the Big Bang Theory for geeks? Or that, that's Comic-Con, The Big right? Wang Theory, The Big Wang. Yeah. Wang Chang um, tonight? Yes, <laughs> Wang Chang. Um, I was invited to go and speak in Taipei at the, you know, like the Chinese version of it. Um, and, you know, I went there and, was all, you know, you got to visit all these motherboard companies, you know, in Taiwan. Um, and uh, you're like, oh, this is where I get my, you know, Asus motherboard, and I overclock it, and they're like, oh, thank you for mentioning us and all this stuff. You know what he's talking about? Yeah. Yeah, he okay. knows, he knows, sorry. I used to build right. computers. Oh, okay. Yeah. And, uh, I had know, to have Alex then, fix my printer the other day, so. And there's all these rather nice factories in Taiwan, but you're sort of looking, looking there and going, this isn't made in Taiwan. They're not actually doing anything. All they're doing is taking these things and boxing them, and there's, like, dust that thick on the... Uh, you know, on the equipment and on the tables, and you start to realize actually what they're doing is they're making it in China for way, way less. You know, sorry to break that, but it was disappointing. Oh, so they make them in China and then they box it up. And yeah, but it looks like they're made in... So I was just saying, I hope it's not like that with those T-shirts. I don't I'm believe kind of, it is. Because I, I was is. very... I wanted to go with a company that was local, keep mm. it sort of, you know, in California. I don't care about paying more for it. Think but global, I, I feel local. Well, I feel bad for, you know, 12-year-old kids or whatever in Honduras or wherever it is, you know, earning a dollar a month, you know, to work 20 hours a day to make a t-shirt that I can sell for, you know, whatever, 30 bucks. It doesn't feel good. Yeah, that whole thing that people... It really doesn't. It, it, something happened in America where they started moving almost all of our factories and all of our... Mm -hmm. uh, Overseas. Yeah. All, I mean, most of the yeah. cars. So, I mean, look at what happened to Detroit. Detroit was yeah. essentially gutted. I mean, yeah. Detroit was the first some city of the most I came to in cars. the States, Detroit. Yeah. I mean, but, that's like a ghost. Oh, you, you couldn't have picked a better one. You know, I flew to New York, took a trailways bus from New York to Detroit, worked on a summer camp with kids. That was how I got to America yeah, in well, 1986 and then spent some time in Detroit, which looks great from Windsor if you go across the, uh, you truth know, Truth be told, as you Canada. would say, you didn't have your driver's license no, either, did no, you? No, I didn't drive in England either. You know, See? as a kid growing up, nobody had, we couldn't afford one, first of all. That was no, yeah, we couldn't so. either. She spent everything on my stupid You went everywhere school. on the bus for 5p, but. You know, it's. Uh, you can go back now and be get an old age pension, a free pass. Yeah, a I could do it. Yeah, almost. almost. You know, what is that AAP once you get to 50? Is it 50? You get I'm, I'm getting there. I'm really? almost it's there. close. Yeah, it's close. I enough. will say, though, just for the record, the first car I ever bought, I bought it here in, in LA, passed my driver's test in LA, I think in 1987 when I was 20, at the yeah. Santa Monica DMV in a 1977 Toyota Corolla 2TC yeah. that I paid 200 <laughs> bucks for. Yeah. So that was the very first car I owned. Wow. Second car was a Saab I, Turbo 900 SPG. I, plenty of it. And yeah. the third one was a 911. What do you guys feel as as Englishmen living in America? Top Gear, the number one mm -hmm. television show so of I, all time when it comes to cars. But Jeremy Clarkson is pretty adamant about being like anti-Porsche. Yeah, like he's, that, he's 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 known to be a bit opinion. of a knobhead about Porsches yeah. and that's okay he actually there's this episode I believe it's they love caravans the, on Top Gear yeah it's before the new sort of format um, I think it was either late 90s or early 2000s you should look this up well, if it's, you look on at it. it's on uh, YouTube by now he takes what now is probably a six uh, it's probably a sixty seventy thousand dollar nine eleven. it was like a you know 73 yeah he drops the piano on it he he's tries to destroy it. Yeah. He's, he hits walls with it. And oh, he's like, keeps it keeps going, going yeah, yeah. yeah. That yeah. must have been the first generation. That show initially yeah. was canned was because yeah. Tiff Nadell was on the well, first Well, that's one. what I grew up watching. And I think you mentioned this with Chris Harris, how yeah. Tiff Nadell drove with him and stuff. And 
Yeah, that's that was her first incarnation, and from what I can gather... I actually liked it better then. I mean, it's really spectacular now with all the explosions and all the silliness, but... It's sort of like Jackass uh, for car guys. Yeah. Tiff Nadell's show, Fifth Gear, I did that show, and that yeah. seems like to be a show. bit more of a serious Well, all of them can show. drive, too. And yeah. uh, what's her name? Vicky, who used yeah, to be yeah. on There Top he is Gear. right there with this car. Yeah. yeah. Oh, dude, your man is on point. On point? Look at that. I wouldn't have found it. Oh, well, I mean, isn't it Look at him. He's got, he doesn't even have any... smash that car, though? It, I mean, that is a fucking beautiful You've got to remember, though, back then, these cars were under 10 yeah. grand all day long. Now. Isn't that amazing? It's amazing yeah. how prices doubled and then tripled. Like, what is uh, like a 1972 uh, like really 911 well, S? Well, if it's an S, well you're, prepared. You're, it, two to three hundred grand. grand. That's incredible. Dude, a 73 RS. He drops a fucking piano on it. Don't yeah. do it, Jeremy. Yep, that's yeah, the looks final good on camera. Yeah. Ah, oh, fuck, man. No, but he does way worse. He goes into like walls. He just he cripples the thing, and it just keeps on going. That's the joke about it, really. But it is kind of fucked up that that car takes such up. a beating. It they is. are rock-solid well, cars, man. Yeah, they are. Well, look at, I mean, who would have thought, you know, we're, we're racing out? around in the, you know, in the, in the canyons in a 71. It's just set up right, you know? Yeah, 277's, well, 44 so years old oh. now. Yeah. You know, that thing's, uh, you know, it's aging very well. Yeah. Yeah, those cars yeah. are amazing. I man. feel it's bad just watching that. Actually, it doesn't yeah, do well. Yeah, it's gross. But it it's is a, crazy it's though. You know, if you, if you I'd rather watch those other videos that you found last time of like burning people. No, people making love to orangutans or uh -oh. or no, it was no, it was you are the wrong show. No, 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 uh -oh. it was, uh -oh. was no, no. I think show. no, it wasn't that. It was you. You were saying a horse was banging a dude. That's that was true. The, oh, that was the yes. one that you were you were really high on that one last time hey hey with the language sorry not true <laughs> no 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 i'm, I'm shocked pulse <laughs> raced disturbed come on high you... on no it's a good job you no said, one's listening you said, you said high on, like the movie avatar i uh -huh. enjoyed that i was high on that I'm you said high on this you said that, high that on was life. actually and it was in your stand-up too you said the noise that that guy makes it will stay true. with you for the entire oh. life. Well, it will the if you've life. ever watched it. I didn't watch I don't it, see but it. you made the noise. Don't so it put it up. It's as good, it was as, good as watching it. it. You made the noise. Thank you. Appreciate it. I don't. I don't want to. It was. It was coal mining in somewhere in like Kentucky or something. <laughs> Back to my original point. Did you ever want to <laughs> get Jeremy point? Clarkson one of your four point ones? I mean, so, I, I, I want that guy to drive that car. Not him. Not him. But actually, Richard Hammond. But he likes Porsches. Right. He yeah. had a GT3 RS, a green one like ours. Mm -hmm. I really wanted him to drive ours because I think he'd, he'd understand it. Clarkson, first of all, he wouldn't fit in the seat because he's a bit of a chubby, tubby he's guy. He's getting a bit, a bit chubby, yeah. Right? yeah, well, if Matt Farah fits in, how the fuck could Clarkson not fit in? That's true, actually. He just said on the way over that when we were driving his car, that when Matt Farah sat in it, it's developed a new creek. Yeah, so it had a new creek to... that wasn't there before oh, Matt yeah. sat in it. But... <laughs> a new creek. Yeah, a new creek. Yeah, yeah. and a little creek that's on the passenger well, side that wasn't there yesterday. A good solid 250, if not higher. Yeah, the weight distribution yeah. was a little bit different with him yeah. in the car. Yeah, he he could he could go on a little bit of a diet and be better. Nice guy though. <laughs> He's, He's super a great guy. Yeah, He's fun in two seventy seven, so that was good. I think he had fun in the GT two as well. Oh, yeah, he was raving about yeah. your two seventy seven. Yeah. He oh, was, was raving about the way it handles. About I think how it surprised him to yeah, the road. The stick. Yeah. yeah. No, Matt Matt sort of got it towards the end of the day too, because at first he was like, "Holy shit! Holy shit! This thing's like, you know." Huh. And well, then Matt's I said, "Just ease in, just ease in." And the more he spent, more time you spend with that GT two. He's in pretty quick because yeah. before we got to the canyon, I was in the passenger seat when he was driving, and we yeah. did do the 147. Well, yeah. he's also 147 like, kilometers. 
No, it was miles per hour. Oh, it was right. 147. It was a professional oh. driver on a closed course. I mean, come on. Yeah. Full disclaimer here. Matt yeah. Farah is also one of it. those guys that really loves cars. Like oh, yeah. When, yeah. when you're around him, it's the same sort of infectious yeah. sort of energy. for hours, yeah. yeah. When he's driving those cars and those videos, I mean, that's yeah. how I became friends with him is watching yeah. his videos and then reaching out to him. Like, his videos are fun. Like, yeah. he's enjoying driving those yeah. cars. It's not like some sort of an antiseptic review of these things. No. He's excited about it. Passionate. He's got yeah. a collection of cars himself. I love, oh, I love his DeLorean. I love his DeLorean. That's that's the car. That's the car. I saw He's him up in Monterey. We parked next to each other, and he was going everywhere in that DeLorean. So, got a lot of style. Yeah, you know exactly. You know a guy that shows up in a DeLorean. That's that's a, that's a good dude. Good, that's yeah, a good dude. Yeah. Right He's there. here to party. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Good sense yeah. of humor. Yeah. yeah. I saw one the other day in Hollywood. So I DeLorean? looked for Matt. Yeah. I looked to see if it was Matt driving. And it was just some weird nerd. Some guy. I mean, they're cool to drive now. It's I like... posted a photo. I ran into him at the LA Auto Show not long ago, the opening day. And he just happened to be parking in the same spot underground at the convention center. But he pulled into the handicap zone. He didn't park there, but he pulled into there. <laughs> opened up the door, and I took a photo. And, of course, I had to put it up online. And, of course, within, like, three minutes, is all this hate of, why is that asshole parking in a handicap zone in the yeah. DeLorean? It took, you know, it didn't take long for that to sort of get punchy. Mentally handicapped for owning yeah. a DeLorean. That's yeah. What it is. I think we're all for all the right claim. challenged here. Yeah, a little bit challenged. Well, that's it, not a bad thing. It, it, excited in a very illogical way. Let's let's, let's put it that way. Makes yeah, sense. That's to a me. mouthful. Yeah. I want to get Jeremy Clarkson in one of your cars, man. It I would really be. Do. Hey, Jeremy, if you're if out you're listening, there, I'm sure he's listening, there, right? Yeah, maybe. Come on, nah, I'm sure he, he is. Well, you know, know what? He doesn't even know what the internet is. Seriously, he does not. I'm sure he's. He calls it the interweb. I guarantee. Well, he's fucking around. you know what he calls? You know what he calls a Prius? A Prius. You know what he calls an iPod? What? An iPod. Well, you guys say it's aluminum wrong, too. No, that's aluminum. tomato, color, color. What's up with aluminium? It aluminium? It's not how it's spelled. I don't know. It's just... spelled aluminum. Do Dude, they spell we, it differently we, we, over there? You just pronounce it differently. Color is spelled differently. C-O-L-O-U-R. All I can say is if you don't want to speak English anymore, then go ahead and speak Spanish. No, we're speaking American. You're speaking American. No, no, you're speaking English, No, we run the world now. It's a different thing. No, China does. This is not You'd say so, but we have all the bombs. Essentially, if the shit hits the fan, America takes China has some bombs. We will own this nuclear wasteland that is the world if we all go to war. Yeah, it's, it's like Frankie goes to Hollywood, right? <laughs> yeah, go to yeah. war. Go yeah, to war. When two, when two tribes go <laughs> yeah, to war. Yeah, when two tribes go to war. You guys can't deny America when you already moved over here and said, oh, awesome. Hey, it's a land of opportunity. No. The grass yeah. is greener hey, on the other side. Hey, I'm an American citizen. I'll have you. Hello. You know how I became an American citizen? You the, only in this country. How? I was working way too hard. You and I had a green card. <laughs> Yeah, I, I, I shook hands with him, and we went across the border. When did you yeah. come to the States again? 98. All right, so you were yeah. one of them newbies, so, almost. Newbie, yeah. No, newbie. so I did all the process. I had not what was known as an O-1 visa, which is like a special thing. Pre-9-11, it was kind of easy to get in L.A. for people that were like internet celebrities. Wow, internet celebrities. Dude, keep, you should, you should have seen there. my groupies, Sharky's man. Extreme. Can he, we Google Shark is Extreme or something? I, I don't know. Sharky Extreme? Oh, dude, don't do that. Don't do that. Don't do that. It's, so anyway, see. yeah, but when when you went to these things, you know, there was actually one time that I had that, that a woman too. actually showed up. So it was like really cool groupie one time. I had a woman, but most of them were guys. But anyways, back to that. Yeah, no. You right. watched The Big Bang Theory, right? That's sort of how I imagine no, your life a little. No, bit. but when I when I got here, I had the O one visa. Then then I got a green card. By you know, I got married to my girlfriend who was a game developer, and. Um, you know, I started another company after retiring, which was Sharkworks, out of a hobby again. And, uh, you know, sort of a few years into that, I'm like, okay, I have to get the second green card, which I think is three years later. 
So they they make the appointment, and I lose the card, right? You lose it. The lose way I the card. way I lose it is by bringing it back to them. I've seen how he loses. Yes, yeah, well. so lose my lunch. Lose I my... got a good green card story when you're done. No, no. So I take it. You know, I take the green card back to them, the original one, and then I'm supposed to come back in three months and pick up the second version of the green card. I don't get. I don't get to the appointment on time because, you know, I'm supposed to make an appointment within six to nine months. And I, I'm so busy with Sharkworks that I don't. So I come there. The officer there, you know, eventually is like, hmm, well, we're never going to find it. I mean, you, you're here like a year late. So you could either start this process again or do you want to just become an American citizen? Literally, I'm not kidding you. And I was like, Okay. Did you test right there on yeah, the spot. Yeah, so I did like a you know, no, not not on the spot. I had to come back and do a history test. And at the time, you talk about the Mustang? No, <laughs> no, no, no. To, what was this? This uh, John Adams thing was on HBO. Oh, uh -huh. it was fucking useful. Sam and Adams' it, brother. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. That's it. That's the that's the one. That's These the American one. stories, right? You yeah, gotta, man. Yeah. Gotta know them all. I'm not a U.S. And citizen, then, so I'm you know, so I, I picked up here. on that, and then you know, my education finally came in handy because you know we did we did a lot of history and stuff, and actually, you know, the Brits did kind of rule the Britannia ruled the waves back then. You know, we colonized everything. That's right, Talk including to the, the wing of a GT2. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, you know, so that's how that's how I got it, and so that's I feel that isn't that so cool? So you came though? in for a visa, and they said, look, just become that's a unbelievable. Fucking just become a fucking citizen. You speak English. Wow. You look kind of weird. Then, um, you you have, they weird. never said that to me. It's a, really? My green card story. I'll make it really short. You know, I'm on a green card. I've been here 28 years. Recent couple of years back, I go to England, leave leave LA, no problem. Get into England, no problem. Ten days later, I'm ready to go back to LA, and they go, okay, we need to see your green card. I hadn't even looked at it in about two years. Well, it turned out it had expired. Oh yeah. Something. What's the big deal? It's sort of like an expired. It's only two license. weeks. Before you know it, Homeland Security's Flying coming in. Flying on a suspended green yeah, card. Karen's all upset because we're like, how long is this going to take? You go, well, you may have to stay here a week or two and go to the embassy and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, long story short, we got a 24-hour extension just to fly back into the States. Got sort of hammered when I came into LAX because, of course, they thought this was some Mickey Mouse 24-hour extension. But long story short, don't let your green card expire. In 2015, it's really hard to become a U.S. citizen, right? It's much harder. Than I it think was back for then. a white English guy that has or had a posh English accent, it's probably not as hard as it is for people of other ethnicities. You mean for a guy with a northern accent and no, no, I, I'm talking with, with different skin color. Uh -huh. Yeah, a turban. You're saying it's yeah. all right you know. if you're all white. Well, Have you heard about the turban outlaw thing we're doing? The turban outlaw. Turban outlaw. <laughs> turban outlaw. Chop, chop, little rickshaw boy. How dare you? Oh, no. Turban outlaw. <laughs> Doesn't start in a corner shop, does it? No, the band corner shop. No, it does not start in a corner no, shop. No, I'm talking. Oh. Have you ever thought about doing something like what Singer's doing, but doing it with like the the actual classic shape nine nine you know 1970s nine, late 1960s car and like producing them um like no you know i think i touched on that earlier on about yeah. i don't build customer cars. i know you don't but god I mean, damn what a demand there would be there's for a demand your car. there for sure yeah, but you know then it goes for me from being a hobby and a passion to a job and a business which means responsibilities it's like if you right. come to me and say hey, i love your car but 
here's all of a sudden it's not my car it's your interpretation of my car it might have some tweed on it and you know it might be pumped up and you know it's right. all of a sudden it's got your personality which is fine but then i'm sort of under the pressure i believe to make you happy to build the car to your expectations your timeline your deadline so I don't really have any interest in turning that side over to becoming like a production line, even though I know if I built, let's say, three or five cars a year, I could probably sell them because I've had no problem selling cars, you know, yeah. through the press I've got. People, I get all these emails, if you ever want to sell that car, let me know type of thing. Yeah. It's interesting, though, with so many collectors out there and so many people who customize cars and do things, you've sort of somehow or another just by – just well, your own infectious passion and enthusiasm. Yeah. You've risen well, to the top. You're probably of this talking short about group. the long hair and the beard. I think you well, know it's, yeah. it's a little bit of that. The you tattoos. don't have time to cut that stuff. Anyway, yeah, no, dude. no time. For but me, I think it was luck and timing. You know, um, last year was the 50th anniversary of the 9/11, so you could not escape hearing about Porsche and the 9/11 50th anniversary issues. And I think from a story point of view. The builds that I were doing were quite interesting, but I also think not being your typical Porsche-looking guy, because truth be told, there is a stereotype, especially in L.A., of Dr. Lawyer, Beverly Hills guy, driving around, never taking his car to the canyons, you know, just more of a status symbol. So I was a complete opposite of that. So I think from a story point of view, why I got a lot of sort of momentum was a couple of things. Timing, not looking like your typical Porsche guy. And also the cars that I build, instantly recognizable as 911s, but just slightly tweaked. You know, it's the little details that I think separate my builds from the countless other people building cars. And the one common thread between the fashion, the clothing, and the property and the filming that we do is just putting our own little style on it, which became personality. And for me, I never set out to say, okay, here's the 1973 RSR that left the factory, the Porsche factory, and everyone that replicates that car just duplicates exactly what the factory well, did. Well, I want to make this point, too, because a lot of people are going to ask me, how did this happen? You know, he hasn't made a single cent from, like, what happened is, you know, we sat down by the fireplace, had yeah, a this love is not a money and thing. had a baby. You know, which is a GT2, Outlaw GT2. Oh, you basically. mean you two together? Yeah. yeah okay. Uh, well, yeah. I wasn't and, and, sure what he was talking about there either, yeah. actually. Oh, just, just <laughs> check, check, check your rear end later um, for Cole. Yeah, um, yeah. Cole Miner's daughter. Oh, jeez. That's a good Ooh, film right This is going downhill This fast. is going downhill. No, but there wasn't a cent. Actually, the only thing he's gotten out of, gotten out of me was uh, a 118th. Uh, scale white gt2 which i just happened to send him the day i got the car yeah and the funny story is that um dan who was here last time um him and i the first day we got that gt2 we're like well it's not as pretty as the uh, or flashy or crazy as that blue and orange car um what the hell what we need to do is is uh make a sketch of his 277 car so we you know we used photoshop or he did because i'm i suck at it and um he did like a five minute job of a, tr of a tribute card to the 277 and emailed it to him. And, uh, you know, I texted him and he's like, how's the horsepower coming? You know, basically that's this English subtle way of saying, you know, don't, don't quit your day job. Stick um, to making cars go fast and not look yeah, better. Yeah. I think was and perhaps the moral to that story. Yeah. And I sort of kept needling, needling and needling and he had to live with it. And, you know, he just, I, I don't know, I guess he got passionate about the car, so he did this thing. This thing evolved organically. I think I touched yeah. on in the past, people have uh, asked me to collaborate on, you mm -hmm. know, some of the people's builds. And for me, I had to be connected to the car, you yeah. know. Uh, and I think when they left the car with me for a, 
as long as I wanted, really. It rained it was for only a long I, time. Yeah, it rained for a long time in L.A. But I finally connected with the car, and then it just made sense to put my personality on that car. Because for me, this is not about money. I'm not making money off this no. collaboration. It was just a fun project that, wow, this is great. I've got this awesome car that I can keep for a little bit, hence the OPP, other people's Porsches. It's our baby. You can have and it I, I can do time. with it whatever I want to do. Yeah. And, it, you know, it was just, for me, it was really exciting to put my sort of interpretation on a new car. You know, I'm sort of moving forward in the Porsche years. I often talk about variety and wanting to experience more of what Porsche's got to offer. So, for me, my original goal was having one of each year from 64 through 73, which covered yeah. <laughs> short wheelbase and long wheelbase cars. Now you need one from 2007 well, to, to no, 2011. Well, no, my new goal <laughs> now is to have one of every generation, these seven generations of Porsche, you know, through the G-Series, yeah, like like into it. the 993, 964, 996, 997, 991. So I want to experience everything that Porsche has to offer in the 911 range so far. I've covered sort of I've driven all, all those cars but I've never owned them. Well let me ask well, you about this then. You 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 really love those old cars and one of the things you love about those old cars is the tactile feel, feel that right. you get when you know you're yeah. dealing with a car that weighs 2000 plus pounds it's such a light car you Nimble. feel the road yeah, no insulation. Nope. No power steering. You you literally feel the pebbles that you're driving over. When you get to like nine nine six and nine nine seven, you're gonna get like a more muted feel. It's a muted experience compared to until the until you get to the GT threes. Yeah. And the GT three well, sort of removes some of that insulation. So what better car to do it on than a car that you know only produced two hundred. Nobody understands. And when you say new car, it is a newer era car, but it's actually a two thousand eight car. Well you're talking about your car, the Yeah, G the GT two. You know, put it this way, right? Walter Roll, who we, you know, is the world's greatest ex-rally driver. He used to write, you know, drive Group B rally cars that were like death traps and win. Um, you know, he did, you know, mid seven minutes in a Carrera GT and the exact same time in a stock version of that GT2. So... The GT2 these guys have got has got 200 horsepower more than the Carrera GT. And British flags on it. But, but is it's it, an easier car to drive. But is it on... Is it unmanageable? I mean, when you get to that kind of power, the I way mean, he drives it, actually, he manages it. You wear, you wear it well. But is, but yeah, is there a, well. um, is there a, a point of diminishing returns where you have too much power in a car yeah. and you're spending so much time trying to figure out trying how to, to keep not the kill wheel yourself? Down? Yeah, <laughs> you obviously don't need 775 you horsepower. Say too much power is never enough. <laughs> I'm the less is more type of guy, but I got to say horsepower is addictive. You know, I had that Mopar background driving the Super Bs and those things were addictive in a straight line. The GT2, there's no question that's a scary car and it's got 775 horsepower. But that's sort of part of the challenge of can you man up and sort of conquer yeah. that power? You know, and that's one of those things that unless you, you know, I've yeah, got do you really want to big surf balls the big wave really or do talented. You wanna, yeah. I think you've got to grow into that. So to me, that's the challenge of trying to get the most out of that car. Yeah. You know, and I've sort of been lucky through these guys to be able to drive various variations of the GT3. You know, I've driven in stock form. Mm -hmm. I've driven the 3.9. I've driven the 4.1. I've driven that GT2. This yeah. year, I got to drive a lot of my dream cars, the 911R. I drove a 74 RSR. But I drove three of Porsche's iconic super hypercars, the 959, the Carrera GT, and the 918. And they all offer 
I keep going back to variety because they all do the same thing differently. And that's sort of what's great about the GT2. It does the same thing, but it just delivers it in a different form. Challenging. You know, and the challenge there is, truth be told, that car is done by 7,000 RPM. You're on the limiter. You're bouncing off the limiter at 6,800 RPM, and it's mm -hmm. done. Step into 277 that's got a quarter of the horsepower. That thing will rev over 8,000. Step into the... GT3 3.9 or 4.1, those things go to, what, 86, 88, 9,000 well, we, We're kind of just talking about numbers here, but the, the, what my point is is, like, there's two different schools of thought and two different philosophies that you're dealing with. You're dealing with, in one yeah. school of thought, the cars that you uh, are famous for, which are these really lightweight cars that are very tactile, and there's some sort of a strange character to those cars. Like, even when so, that Urban Outlaw video, when you get into that silver car and you rev it and you're, you're mm -hmm. looking at the gauges, it has a feel to it that you just do not get from a modern car right. there is a there is i mean you've admitted this too there is like a, some level of connection between the them there's the there. dna that's still there unquestionably you know it's a little heavier it's a little more modern it's it has a, a cup holder but it's still got that that's why i said the golden era is 2007 to 2011 those gt cars they have they're all manual they still have that link to the real 911 I, that's why that car has gone up in value so much, you know, all the GT cars, mm -hmm. because people that know, and there aren't many of them, unfortunately, and that like to drive, they get it, and they've had older cars, or they want older cars, you know, or their parents have had older cars, and they drive these new ones, and it's like, you know what, it's, okay, it does all that stuff a little more comfortably, and has nav and all that shit, but it's still a 911. I think the GT3 up to what you've got, the 997, is yeah. the connection to what I've got from yeah. the sixes and sevens. That's what you said. Yours two a baby. That, yeah, it's like a baby GT3 because yeah. that throttle response, the lightness, the way it feels the road, the way it turns in, it's back to that. I keep talking about it, the five senses, the connection, mm -hmm. the sight, the sound, the feel, the smell. The GT3 has that, you know, uh, and that's what's great about those cars. I've yet to own one. I'm trying to get a 996 GT3. Yep. So I think that's the most bang for the buck. I mean... Truth be told, I've been collecting these early 911s for over 20 years when you could find them in crate, you know, Auto Trader and yeah. other. I bought 277 at the Pomona Swamp Meet in 1999, and it just, it's the second Porsche I ever owned, and it's evolved into what's become, I think, my, the car that I'm most connected with. You know, all my memorable moments and everything you talk about, that tactile feel and the connection, and sort of what I think to me got across in Urban Outlaw, the documentary is. It's a common thread that everyone relates to. You've always got your favorite car that you go back to. And I describe that being like my old favorite pair of beat-up jeans or your old shoes because you're just comfortable in it. There's no surprises. And it's funny, you know, you spoke highly about Matt Raven about the car. You know, he got comfortable in that car within half a mile where, yeah. you know, he was pushing that car. So the limits are not that high where, yeah, the car's fast, but it's not GT2 fast where, you know, you're not going to get way over your head really quickly i think that's the difference and that to me is mm. the challenge of driving these early cars is yeah they're antiquated by today's standards but it's every time you get in i talk about driving for me is freedom because i don't commute i walk to work so 80 percent of my drives are pure pleasure yeah. it's like you working out in the gym no two experiences are the same i don't think but there's that <laughs> rewarding satisfaction i assume i don't work out but to me i I often say people like some people like to go to gyms to work out. I like to get in the car and drive. That's my physical and mental workout is behind the seat of that car because nothing else matters when you're there. You're not thinking about what you might be pissed off about or, you know, something that's sort of bugging you. When you're behind that wheel, 
It is this sort of almost out of body sensory type mm. of expression of man and machine on the open but road. But with those swarm. lightweight cars, that's where you're getting this experience. And yeah. I think that's one of the things that people miss when they talk, oh, I don't care about cars. Cars get me there. Everybody gets wrapped up in cars. I think what they're dealing with is the difference between like a modern commuting car mm -hmm. and what you're driving, which is essentially like a ride. Yeah. You're, yeah. you're in a ride. Like well, a well, that's why I said it's, it's sort of like I like surfing. I've had seven concussions, so I can't do it anymore. But you got a concussion from surfing? I got one from surfing and six from soccer, football. Damn. Oh, and sorry, one from being a passenger in a car one time. Tell me about that. Was that. From Ralph, well, right? Yeah. You were semi-pro <laughs> footballer back in the day? No, uh, not not no. Just 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 basically, let's just call it public school boy footballer then. Okay. How about that? Okay. That sounds sexier. So David um, Beckham shouldn't be worried about your football no, skills. No, no. I was too left. I was too only left. left no, no, left no. Foot? I, I, <laughs> <laughs> All right with the uh, no, I was left-footed, but um, yeah, it's sort of like surfing where it's not for everybody. It's it doesn't make sense. I mean, in Northern California, you go out, it's 50 degrees in the water. There are some sharks actually, um, and it's gnarly. And the surfers are not friendly at all. They're very localized and they hate you. And you can't open your mouth if you don't Sounds live like there. Sounds like Point Break. I just watched that film. Like it's that's like an that. Issue actually, surfers, man. Like Dude, they're, they're violence yeah. with surfers. Well, so, let me tell you, Santa Cruz, is where I go, you know, it's not the friendly city. I mean, you would think. They're all, you know, lit all the time and everything, but they're not friendly. Not a bro it's fest like, up there. No, it's a this bro is my fest. wave fest and get the fuck out of the way fest. Oh. Um, What's that Kiefer Sutherland movie that's set there? Uh, Kiefer Sutherland? Kiefer Sutherland. Yeah, uh, Lost Boys. Oh, oh Lost movie? Boys. Yeah, yeah that's Lost cool. Boys. Santa Cruz. Yeah. That's Santa Cruz, right? Lost is it? Boys? Yeah. I don't, well, I don't know. I don't really? know. I don't, I don't think know. the location was like a main point in that movie. No, I think it was the vampires. vampires. Yeah, the vampires was the big deal. You missed the point, dude. Missed the point, all right. But... You know, right when I go, head right yeah, no. When I go surfing, I mean, I, there's better way, there's better things to do with your time that are less risky, probably, because um, it is kind of risky to do that. Surfing, yeah. So driving a crazy, weird, low production car that's doesn't make a lot of sense. It's challenging, but then, you know, why do people, you know, I mean, not to make it sound glamorous, but you know, why do people bungee jump or why do they, you know, I want to do something that's sort of mm -hmm. challenging and takes time and it's rewarding you know you get one out of ten shifts correct or you know that's well, what of, max is talking about yeah. about senses it's yeah. a sensory you're, you're but it's, getting, a it's a yeah. challenge right yeah. i mean yeah. you know like with your mma stuff i mean you probably started as a white belt you know back in 19 everybody does right but that's where you start right, right. yeah oh, sorry. Well, yeah. what do you okay, have now sorry, you got like a dozen black well, belts yeah. or something yeah <laughs> well exactly but it takes time and it's challenging and you know you beat up your body and and it feels good when you get there so you know the blue car beat the shit out of us in terms of the development, the costs, the the setbacks, the, you know, it, it didn't make any sense to do that. You know, I should have just focused on something that, you know, was a high volume, high production car, like a, I don't know, like a, a Prius and made it get better gas mileage, you know, then, then I'd be, you know, driving the world's most pimped out Prius probably. But that's not what I wanted to do. I want to do something that's, you know, feels good and it's challenging and, you know, work with these. You're surrounded by weirdos yeah. like him. I think That's passion projects go a long way, you know, and for me, you know, the best things in life are never easy. Literally, like I said, the, oh, okay, there is one thing he's getting out of it, okay? So other than the 118th scale model, I said, dude, I cannot look at your smashed iPhone 5 anymore. Oh, You're yeah. really, really good at all these pictures and everything. I'm buying you an iPhone 6, That's what and I'm, I'm helping you upgrade. That's iPhone what he's getting. 6. So I, I, I got a Let me tell you my iPhone background. I resisted, yep. resisted, resisted. Up until 18 months ago, I was still Motorola Flip Razor Phone. 
And that to me was cool because everyone's here with their iPhone giving it this, that, and the other. I'm like, what the fuck is that about? And then finally my Motorola Razr died and I literally had no choice other than a real sort of throwaway crap burner phone or the ones for the grandmas iPhone. that only have three buttons. Something like, like that, yeah, <laughs> exactly. It was that or an iPhone 5. So I got the iPhone. I remember I got it before Amelia Island last year. So Amelia Island, I think, is March. So barely had the iPhone two years. And that's sort of how my life's changed in two years. was never on Facebook, wasn't on Instagram. Still well, not, still on, not Twitter. on Twitter. Yeah, still not yeah on I'm Twitter, trying no. to set him up with that. It's, you can how about you? We already got Magnus Walker. Yeah, yeah probably got someone it. does. No, we, you know what we can do? We can do we can do Sharkness Walker. Remember? Yeah, there you That's go. That's what we can Shark do. Sharkness Walker. Magnus Walker 911. Yeah. My friend Ari went back to the flip phone. He Ari Gold? His, no, Ari Shafir. Okay. Stand-up comedian. He, he went uh, back he to the abandoned flip phone? his iPhone and went to a flip phone. Went off he the does ground. all of his social media stuff, either on a computer or not. He doesn't check his Twitter on his phone. His, yeah. He's like, I was getting too wrapped up, and like I would be talking to someone, and I go, yes, this guy. I wonder People if anybody's Dude, tweeting. I fell asleep last night. On like literally that my iPhone hit my forehead three times and I finally gave up because I was like, concussion? what the fuck am I going to post? <laughs> yeah, another concussion. Yeah. You know, I'm like, I'm looking and I don't think it's spelled correctly. And it's probably like, you know, a bunch of weird winding characters. Or something. Well, it brings me back to what I was going to say is like, there's this senses. Well, there's, yeah. there's, there's something about iPhones that drag people in, right? There's something about uh, like being able to look at videos and you're, you're interacting with your phone. Yeah. The interaction that you get with those old cars, the feel that you get, yeah. the addiction that you get to getting in those things is very different than the new cars. And is there, and I wanted to ask you mm. this because you're the expert on the, those no, older cars, is there like a point where it crosses this line and it's not the same experience anymore? And was there like a sweet spot in the production of cars? Where is there a spot where... All the technological advances and all the advances of suspension, although they may allow you to get around a racetrack a little bit quicker, mm -hmm. especially with like PDK transmissions with dual clutches working at the same time, they do allow you to get places faster. But is it is it missing all the stuff that gets people excited about cars? I mean, because I know that driving an automatic car is fun it is satisfying but i also know it's not as satisfying as shifting your own gears as the feel that you're going to get from a car like yours and i think that that's something that's missing i think ultimately moving forward the manual may become a lost art because you look at kids growing up today that don't know how to drive manual cars so they're point of reference is completely different you know i mm. most of us here i think learn driving a manual car and everything you said is perfectly true that it's the interaction between man and machine which gets you down the road differently in a manual than what it does in a new car in a pdk or automatic and uh, as to trying to nail down a real answer to what is that sweet spot i don't really know what the answer is to that question you know i've driven almost every porsche out there and you know, I've driven the new turbos. I, I've driven the new uh, Cayman, which is a phenomenal car. I've driven the 991 in manual and PDK. And the new manuals are not the same as the old manuals. You know, they've got this... It's hard to heel and toe the way the pedals are set up, especially if you've got ceramic brakes. Where Explain you... heel toe to people who don't know what the fuck you're talking <laughs> well, about. Well, it's sort of an odd thing when you're downshifting, you know, you want to be basically on the brake and bripping the throttle at the same time, doing it with one foot, so covering two pedals with one foot. And the early cars, it's really easy to sort of modulate the brake and the gas pedal. You know, I've often put little um, blocks of wood on the gas pedal to bring it further up so when you're all the way down on the brake, you can just sort of squeeze the brake with your right toe 
and roll over to the throttle to blip it so you're matching the engine refs when you're downshifting. That essentially yeah, is what better for the heel and toe is. You know, it's a smoother transition between the gears. The so as you're shifting gears, you're revving the engine at the same time. Yeah, to match. Yeah. You know, and when you're, you're going also dealing down. with a lightweight flywheel that allows the, the, the revs some to Some of them, drop. yeah. The early some cars don't have that, but what these guys are doing is super throttle responsive lightweight flywheels. Yeah, lightweight it, components. It just makes it like, you, you know, know. in a new oh, manual 991, it's a little bit different because you've got those ceramic brakes that travel on the brake pedal. Let's say you're yeah, you coming down Angeles Crest Highway in fourth gear. You want to make a right or left-hand turn. You've got to go down, let's say, third or second. Got to go down one or two gears, and you're all the way hard on the brakes. The travel difference between the brake pedal and the throttle on those new cars is almost too big to roll over in heel and toe. Oh, so, you know, they've sort of come around that with that Sport Plus mode where it automatically blips the throttle yeah. For you. That's what I wanted to ask so you. So when I first got in the car, you know, I can get it where I, my foot's almost on a 45-degree angle, knees sideways, where I can roll off, uh, you know, keep my foot on the brake but still modulate the throttle at the same time. So what I ended up doing was double blipping. I'd blip, and then almost the exact same time, the computer would uh, yeah. automatically blip the throttle to match the revs, assuming that Porsche thought most people don't know how to heel and toe. Now, the rev matching, they're doing that on new cars now. Yeah. I think the Nissan 370 was one of the first cars to do it. Yeah, there's actually the, the newest Porsche, which is sort of known as the We're Sorry Edition Porsche to, for GT3 guys. Uh, what they did is, as I said, the 991 GT3 came out only in PDK. The GTS now has a proper manual transmission, not like the fake manual transmission with the 991. Mean? Well, it was actually that you could get a manual, a seven-speed um, 991 if you really, really tried, but it was essentially just a PDK box. That's all it was with mm -hmm. a freaking gear shifter. And, and then, what's the difference? Well, to I think the, Chris the Harris explained it. Oh, the new one's a real... Should like, we get Chris in here to explain yeah, it? Yeah, get Chris He's in here. Been. He's got it. Yeah, I know. Well, he, like he was saying, you know, like you can, you can go into like seventh gear and it's all like, like this and it, seventh it's just gear is, is such an odd gear in those yeah. 991 ones because when are you ever in seventh gear Why I guess you if you're it? driving to vegas well because it's almost PD, like an because it was a pdk transmission they right, had to but use if they, it the, the new one exists i mean they have a six speed manual transmission that's a, that's a new transmission the cayman the new one is the yeah, seven the, speed is a new one that's what's that's does that what is go the into seven speed in sport mode uh yeah it does, it does. no but no my it doesn't, point it doesn't being i never found a seven speed if it's so annoying, emissions I mean, it's almost and universally they have to use it, but they have right? to use it because it's a PDK transmission. Well, I think got that's the thing gears. with those new cars. When you get in a 991 and it's PDK and you're just driving around town, before you even up 50 yeah. miles an hour, you're in sixth or seventh gear. For yeah. folks who don't know what the fuck we're talking about, yeah, PDK Porsche means double clung automatic. It's yeah. it's a German word, Porsche double clung, double clung, double clung dong ding dong. Yeah. It's a crazy long word, but yeah. what it stands for is two clutches, and what it means is that there's one clutch that grabs the gear. The second clutch already has the the second gear grabs in your line. balls it and already squishes has it grab. The so the change between gears, yeah. between first and second gear, is literally instantaneous. It's it's so fast that yes. your your brain can barely perceive right. it. So as you're driving, when you're driving a manual car, you're like Bang, you let off the gas, you hit the yeah. clutch, Bang, you yeah. put it in the next gear. This one's like. Bang, Bang. It, it, it shifts so quickly yeah. that you, there's no way you'd ever be able to do it on your own. And that's the fault of the Nissan GTR, by the way. The Nissan GTR being so fast and so technologically and brilliant. And everyone says that car's soulless, though, right? Well, actually, what nobody says is really. Well, yeah, which is really annoying because some of my customers bought them. They, they fell for the hype. And don't get me wrong, it's an amazing technological piece of blocky something. Mm -hmm. But 
what it does is it takes a lot of weight. That's a really, really a heavy, heavy car. car. So a lot of journalists will take it a few hot laps and it's like, man, look at this lap times, look at the lap times. But the guys that actually ended up buying them and going on the weekend, they would have to, you know, like change uh, change the fluids. They were, the brakes would be cooked after like one session. And one session meaning, you know, 20, 30 minutes. Yeah, that's not much. The Porsches, you just bang on them, you know. And All okay, you change, them, you change brakes and stuff eventually. Do they have ceramic brakes? They, they have GTR? them too. They, they, can, they have that option. option. Um, yeah, even Corvettes have them. You know, sorry, not even Corvettes. I'm just saying, mm -hmm. you know, cars that are a lot not less. Not new money. Corvette, let's be honest. That's a lot Pretty of bad for the buck. I mean, fuck yeah. Well, you were telling me that you had driven around the Corvette ZL or the uh, Camaro ZL1, and you were saying how addictive that was. I was. Sure no, it was me. It was me, the ZR1. But you got a chance to drive the Camaro for a while, didn't you? No. Oh, the Z28 you're talking about. No, before not that. Me. Didn't, didn't no. you, you didn't drive the ZL1? No. God damn it. Must be the other guy with the beard. I and swear the you were telling if you've never driven one of those Camaros. <laughs> no, 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 it wasn't it. yesterday. I was, was telling you I own a Super ago. B, but no, never a Camaro. You've never yeah. driven one? They never lo loaned you one nope. for a while? No? God, why do I feel like it was you? You mm -hmm. were talking about the, the I got uh, visited the by BMW, I got visited by Volvo, I got visited by Bent, believe it or not, the guy from uh Bugatti, but yeah, no other than Porsche, yeah. no one's ever loaned me cars. I'm just or Sharkworks. Yeah, or Sharkworks. You know, I'm just sort of thrilled that Porsche loans me cars. But yeah. no, not me. Yeah. No, but the nine nine one GTS to touch on that is the is it's the latest one that they've just released. And it, it does have a proper manual gearbox in it, not the pseudo PDK. That's one that sounds like the in between car between the GT3 right. and the regular nine. And they're like, okay, you can order it in manual. We don't care about performance numbers. Um, you know, it's an NA car. It's sort of like a manual GT3, if you would. It's NA, the weird sorry edition. Naturally aspirated. Natu that's true. Naturally aspirated. Non-turbo. What the fuck you're talking about? It's an NA car. What's yeah, it? what's NA? Basically, Narcotics it doesn't have hair dryers or a blower or right. any boost, forced induction boost. All it is is vacuum. And so is this a good car, Spare. this GTS? A lot of journalists are raving about it. I think Chris Harris was about to go drive it after your show, or he was back from it. Mm -hmm. I'm not sure. But, um, you, Ralph, you drove it, didn't you? Uh, or they took it up to you, and you didn't like the uh, automatic blipper. He didn't like that. Well, we're so on, we're, the automatic no one can blipper. hear you. So, so yeah. Unfortunately, unless you want to get on the microphone. Yeah, but basically. Let's not talk to Ralph. Sorry. Yeah, but. Um, <laughs> yeah, sorry, dude. Um, if you. If you want a manual modern 991 platform, that's the car to buy right now at this very time. I don't want one, but that's if you want one. And what are they going to do with this GT4? What's the specs? Is it going to be a fast car? <sighs> the Cayman GT4, it's funny. You talk to people at Porsche and they won't yeah. tell you anything about it. Yeah. You know, it's, it's essentially a Cayman GTS R on steroids with supposed GT3-esque performance right. in the mid-engined, already great handling Cayman package. Well, that's the thing about the Cayman. For people who aren't aware, 911s are a rear-engine car, and there's certain inherent flaws in having all the weight in the back of the car. Right, and then you move it forward the, to the middle for the Cayman. The Cayman, which is a mid-engine car, is better balanced, but they have purposely, Porsche has Helmstrom. underpowered that car in order to keep the 911 at the top yeah. of the food yeah, chain. Yeah, it's always sort of being handicapped, because as we know, the 911's top dog being around for 50 years, mm. Essentially, the Cayman uh, handling capabilities are really, really high. I mean, you can get in a Cayman, you know, and go fast really, really quick. Yeah. Porsche loaned me uh, Cayman last year for a week, and I, my favorite go-to road is Angeles Crest Highway. And I, I had two of them, uh, manual and PDK. 
And I'm pretty comfortable in uh, Angelis Crest Highway. I drive it all the time in 277. I was amazed at how much quicker it was, or I was, in the Cayman with less effort. Yeah. So back to the original question, you know, the reward, you know, the payoff versus the effort put in. I'm quicker in the Cayman, but the drive's not quite as rewarding because right. I'm not quite as involved right. with it. We had, uh, we had the first year So it's year personality, really. Yeah, we, we built the first year Cayman S as a, as a shop car. And it and then uh, you know it got tracked a lot and went up through the canyons and I'll say, you know it's an 06 Cayman S and we added a bunch more power, lightweight flywheel, better suspension, better brakes. Tried to make you know better seats. Tried to make it like a canyon carver and it was easier to drive fast and it was also like anyone could get in it because it was just really well balanced and drive it fast. But it was missing you know the special engine, the whole connection you know the steering wasn't quite the same the feel wasn't the same i mean it's really nice to have that engine over the back because it's always like tugging at you and you've got to think about it whereas when you're in the cayman you can just drive like an idiot but isn't and that a crazy thing to say it's it's yeah, good it to have a flaw because you have to think about that flaw and yeah. counter that flaw because it's more I mean, effort it's essentially an engine more flaw that they've worked for depends how you look at it you know you can yeah. rotate a lot quicker yeah so and have one... and you can put more power down better yeah. too right because no, you're not traction. spinning the wheels i mean that's why 911 well, you are in that power one. down you are in that gt2 well yeah 800 horsepower you're spinning but <laughs> car number 277 with a quarter of that that power's just biding into yeah. the ground and you can come out you get it's much better spinning. corner speed exit you know? you know which is why i'm still a believer in a sense of less is more because you've got to put more in it's a more re i keep going back to reward well that was experience. what i was going to get to oh, are was? you okay. are you more comfortable do you enjoy the older cars better or do you enjoy like a like a 4.1 gt3 when you're getting in the 4.1 i don't you're dealing... own any 911 beyond my 1979 911 sc yet. yet i've owned over yes. 50 911s I bought my first one 23 years ago. But you've driven the I've other cars. I've driven them. Do I, you... I, I do see in my future a space in the garage for a newer Porsche 911. Probably some form of 996 or 997 GT3. But I also just said earlier on I want to get one of every generation. I also right. recently bought a 924. Let's talk about Porsche's yeah. unloved cars, 924. I bought a 1980 924 front-engine turbo. That was Porsche's first production front-engine water-cooled turbo. So my new goal is to have one of each of the three, let's call them, ugly duckling Porsches. 924, 944, 944. and 928. 928's a weird one, huh? Yeah, I mean, you know what I mean? It's just back to variety. It's like yeah. I've been so focused on early, early Porsches, and I've driven, you know, 40, almost 50 of my cars have been early Porsches. So I've sort of covered that base. You know, I've covered, I've got one, of the first year, 1964, and I've driven the, the tail end, buck end, let's call it, the iconic 73 RS Carrera. And they all sort of drive, in a sense, same but different is how I describe it. So, you know, now I'm back to variety. You know, what is more variety than a 924, a 944, and a 928? Those are disgusting cars. It's I have pretty no unbelievable. In those cars at all. My 924 Turbo cost yeah. me 4,500 bucks. It's unbelievable. <laughs> I, tell, I swear to God, it's I put a couple of posts out there. It's silver. With charcoal, it's got the uh, black and white, what Porsche calls, Pasha or checkerboard interior. Yeah. And the funny part to that story is it took about a day before. I didn't even know the 924 Forum existed. But a post and a thread developed on the 924 Forum. Someone sent me a link to it. And the title was, watch 924 prices go up, look who just bought one. And there's this whole like rambling thread about, why would I have bought a 924? I'm a 911 guy. 
lots of bang for the buck and back to variety. They're also very well balanced. Yeah. I have a friend who races them. Right. Yeah, he yeah. loves 924. It's a good race car. Right. Yeah. Great. It's hard I mean, to work 924, on. 944 spec yeah. series is phenomenally successful, just like the Boxster series. And people email me all the time, you know, and it falls into a few categories. Obviously, people liking the cars, but my favorite sort of category of emails that I receive is from non-Porsche people that have maybe seen Urban Outlaw, maybe followed my builds, and all of a sudden have been turned around from being Porsche haters into all of a sudden looking at Porsche a little bit differently, predominantly the early cars. And these are guys that are looking to get into a Porsche for the first time. I wanted to pull up pull up this video, what we talked about before the show, Jack Olson's 911 oh. versus oh, yeah. uh, 1972 991. 1972 911 versus uh, GT991 GT3. Yeah. And uh, Jack Olson is a, a writer in Hollywood who is a really fascinating character. I'm going to get him on the podcast, too. We've cool talked guy. about it. Yeah. And uh, he has essentially had this lifelong... There's a video, uh, Jamie. There's a... Um, I, I can email to you if you want me to. Do you want me to email to you? Okay. I believe he actually has a, a part... I met Jack over 12 years ago when he was first developing that car, and it's gone through several phases. And I remember giving him uh, car number 277. Ironically, I had AC when I first got it, and Jack Olson <laughs> was looking for an AC compressor. No. And no, I actually no, no, gave him uh, no, my compressor um... that I think is in that car. But cool it, guy and has really fine-tuned and developed that car. Spent a lot of time at Willow Springs. Well, I think what you're getting at here, though, is pretty much every person you mention here with a Porsche is a wacky son of a bitch. Yeah. You know? But we're all Yes, we're all this passionate. is it. Now, what's, what's interesting yeah. about this yeah, is you're dealing with a car. No, this is not it. Yeah, okay, this is it. Yeah, yep. 991 Is he driving both cars? No, no. Pros. They have a professional driver. And what's interesting is that... His car, which is a 1972 car, only has 272 horsepower. It's very light. It's around 2,200 pounds. Mm -hmm. And the modern car, which is 475 horsepower, mm -hmm. PDK transmission, the automatic transmission, the whole deal, all the technological innovation, all the suspension and traction control, and a professional driver. And Olsen mm -hmm. is still quicker. Who's, what, who's driving both cars? I don't know. Well, Jack's okay. driving his car, which is the 1972 car. Okay. But what's interesting to me is Olsen is obsessed with this one track, mm -hmm. with this one car, and tweaking everything, constantly trying to shave seconds off of his car, trying to hit the perfect line every time. Yeah. And in doing so, he's able to drive faster around Willow Springs, which is one of the fastest racetracks in America. Fastest road in the West. And fastest he's changes. able to drive faster with his 1972 lightweight, low horsepower car than the most modern, most spectacular version yeah. of the 991 GT3. That That's is a incredible. lot of power, though, for that car. I mean, they, they never came with that kind of power. Well, he's got a 3.6 in there. Yeah, but yeah. it's still only 272 horsepower. Well, I know, I but they can the wheels, right? Yeah. Uh, they, well, it's a 993 stock engine. That's okay. that, but that, think about it. What did it come with stock, right? That that, that was about it. Like Probably 180. Oh, no, you mean no. the original 72? Yeah. If yeah. it's a T, it'd be 130. If it was yeah, an a, it'd 130. Be so he's more than double it. Yeah. Well, he's definitely added more horsepower, but it's still no, yeah, 1997 it's technology. Yeah. I mean, the, at the height of whatever he's got. It's 1997 technology along with some tweaks. He's got some very custom wheels. Yeah. He's got Fuchs centers with like I think he uses like a Corvette middle. Like he, the, the, the wheel is, the, so, all his tires and wheels are custom. So I got a question for you then. So of the two guys in the car, right? I don't even care who wins. I know who wins. But when they come in, who do you think was having more fun? Jack. Exactly. Because yeah. you know what? And you asked the pro driver. I bet you if he drove the other one, 
And even if he was slower, he'd say it was more fun in the other more car. Involved. Well, also Jack's having more fun in the corners. Like he's keeping up yeah, way more working. speed in the corner. The other guy is catching him on the straights. Yeah. I mean, that's where it is. It's just raw horsepower and straight yeah. line traction. I mean, he could probably have a similar time in like a, a you know, a modern What GT time did you do in the end? 120? Well, I don't remember. We'll I don't remember what the see. numbers are, but I remember that Jack's was quicker. Well, but we'll that, see. that's just kind of. Fa- so here he's coming around turn nine. If you watch the video, it's really interesting because Jack narrates it and right. it talks about the differences between the two cars. Well, Jack where... certainly knows his way around Willow for yeah. sure. Well, that's also part of the rub is uh-huh. that 126. So he, you know, look at that. He I got a nice nugget for you, brother. Second. So you know your car, uh, the, the the GT3 RS uh-huh. with a 3.9. So I had a pro driver, Court Wagner, like uh, the video you saw with the two green cars. Yes. Yeah. So that day he was in the 124s and that was on wow. shitty tires. So just letting you know. Yeah, I think a real test there is to have a the pro same. driver drive yeah. the same cars. Because we don't yes. know if the guy... Is, I know Jack's got thousands of laps at Willow. We don't know mm-hmm. who the other guy is. Yeah. Yes, very I think I think you put yeah. someone like... Let's say like a Pat Long. You mm-hmm. know, yeah. I was driving with Pat Randy Long Probst last week. A guy like that, you put those guys in the car and see... That's more of a true test, I think. Yeah, mm-hmm. but same, still... Uh, same guy driving both cars yeah. on the track. But still, it shows that, you know, like your car is not... Even your car, which is four four years older than the new generation 991 GT3, it's not slower. You know? Right, right. Yeah, no, it's... Well, but you're still having more fun. It's different. It's I think it's all different. about the driver, though, because, you know, we yeah. were up in Angeles Crest the other day. I'm driving 277, <laughs> and you were with James in yeah. the GT3 3.9. Yes, that's right. right. Then we, yep. And it's all about the driver, I think, behind the car in is what I'm trying ways, to say. The, what... what what Jack's showing here is that these lightweight cars have distinct advantages. Yeah, they have distinct sure. advantages in, in braking cornering. and handling, everything. My yeah. question is, isn't isn't that also what you're getting, like, this tactile response and feel from, is the fact that these cars are so light. So there's this tremendous benefit in the, having a lightweight yeah, car. Yeah, super nimble. Like the Lotus Elise, yeah, like yeah, all these, yeah. which is uh, like lightness, a very which praise Colin car. Chapman's, uh, you know, mantra. Why yeah. doesn't Porsche... Develop I, I agree with you. I think it's all they, new they, safety. Yeah. You know, it's, so they, they it's talked a about different it. era. They talked about it. They, remember, there was supposed to be that collaborative effort with VW a few years ago. Keep, keep this thing as close. Oh to yeah, sorry. 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 A collaborative effort of like a, a mid-engine. It was only going to have 200 horsepower, and it was going to be about 2,500 pounds. Which okay, it's not as light, but that's light. Still pretty light. Yeah, and it would have been a fun sort of Elise-esque kind of effort but no instead they decided to you know release another panamera or another cayenne and when you get to the cayman which is a very lightweight car for for modern standards it's about three thousand pounds for the gts right is it about somewhere it'll be it'll be around there yeah that's pretty light right yeah i mean that's where by today's today's, yeah i think things have just got obviously heavier and bulkier and more more sort of power and bloated yeah they're not necessarily faster though no. You know, I still think I keep going back to it. Less is more, but I think those those times have gone when it comes yeah. to new cars. Porsche is not going to start making a twenty five hundred pound nine eleven. That's never going to no, happen. No, never. Well, why not? Because it's just they they get sued because someone would die in an accident and but doesn't have they? eight I mean, airbags. Can't, can't you put an airbag in it? I mean, how much does well, an airbag weigh? They weigh a lot when you have eight of them. Oh, I see. You would have yeah. to have modern standards would be there's, yeah. there's several. Safety standards would not allow standards of what sort of killed everything. Yeah. Well, that's what's kind of cool. I've had, I've had a 90, uh, 1970 911T with a 3.0 in it and, a, you know, cams or mismatched cams, but never mind. Um, and I've had a, you know, 79, 930. So, you know, I've, I've owned those cars too. 
Um, I've sold them at the absolute worst time. Yeah, you've now got great timing when it I comes do, to value of cars. They're, they're, I see them now and they're worth way too much. But um, but I've driven them enough too, and, and older cars, you know, because everyone at Sharkworks, everyone at Sharkworks has had, you know, either a 912, like the absolute base, base, you know, oldest model, you know, um, or, an, you know, James has had a phenomenal amount of old, you know, rusty cars. Because um, they weren't galvanized back then. He's but, a quiet uh, guy, James, right? But he's really, a, he's a quiet, there's a lot going he's, on there. He's, he's like that scientist that's yeah. going to create something. And yeah, mad professor. Yeah, and then you're going to like explode when you hit the gas probably. So your point being they enjoy the yeah, modern we enjoy cars it. more. We enjoy it, but the reason You enjoy the modern cars more? No, that's no, not, not about more. Like, it's like I like sharks. There's a lot of different... Sorry, man. I like sharks. There's a lot of different you know, species. You know, I like some bit more than others maybe, but... I like sharks. I like 911s and there's still a connection there, you know. For me driving, you know, a 9, you know, my 1970 911T or my, you know, my Speedster replica 356, you know. It was nice and I, you know, there's there's still something there that connects all the way up to the GT3, you know. And I I do get that the modern cars are losing it. and the fact that you can have, you know, one of the you know, I mean, he's the best known collector of air-cooled cars and you know, I he pushes the button you know, to his garage, and he's got, you know, two water-cooled cars in there. I mean, that says something, right? I mean, that's... What water-cooled cars do you have in your garage? <laughs> what? GT2? The GT2 no, and no, the those are your cars, No, though. but they're in there. But you're bo- yeah, but you're letting him borrow them. He's not buying them. Yeah, There's but a he's allowing joke them about I've got a leaky <laughs> roof and water's yeah. leaking uh, yeah, into yeah. the garage. It's uh, a joke. But you're not... A, you're, you're, a, you're trying to infect him. No, I have not with, with not with not with coal mining. Before but. I met Alex, I was already you know yeah. working towards water cool. But my heart and soul is air cooled. You know, I'm going to mm. own one or two water cooled cars mm. just for variety. Do you like the sound of the air cooled cars better? There's yeah, a weird know, sort of a raspy yeah, quality so, to those. You know, cars. air getting sucked in through the carbs or the MFI. It's just a different mm. visceral, central feel that the new cars they don't deliver the same way. Is there the an issue with those cars tingling. in traffic? Like with I drove 277 no, in traffic. it's pretty it's easy fine. to drive around. But it depends on the is setup. Is there an issue? Like if you were driving to the airport and you got stuck on the 405 in summer. 277 is unbelievable. Even on yeah. the racetrack, it never gets above 210. But yeah. when you're on traffic, like stuck, bumper to bumper, it's not. it doesn't overheat? The turbos run hot. Yeah. Wow. The early turbos run hot. But my early air-cooled cars never get above 210, 220. Let's say I'm in my turbo, my 76 turbo, and I'm driving to my buddy Marty's who's at Roscoe and Receder. I'm on the 101. It's 100 degrees. That, you know, that gauge is, you know, crawling 240 just because you're sat in traffic. So the early turbos run hot. The early sort of uh, two liter, two fours that I'm running, no issues. Now, do you take that car places? Like if you go to the movies, will you take it somewhere and just park it to shut it off? yeah, Yeah, no problem. You know, it's a very valuable car, though, to just leave parked. I never think of it that way. You know, to me, the sum of the parts of 277, there's nothing. If you, if I give you the build sheet on what that, what that car is, there's nothing really special about it. But I think the uniqueness of the car is it's developed its own personality. You know, it's not like it ever raced at Daytona, but, you know, I used to do 40, 50 track days a year in that car with the Porsche Owner Club between 2002 and 2007. But there's no real significant race history to the car. But I think the connection people have to the car really is a real simple theme and message. It's like, just follow your dreams. You know, that's that was my dream car. It still is my dream car, but it evolved. It wasn't like this wasn't like I went out and wrote a check and just got a new car delivered. That car was, right. you know, I bought it at the Pomona swap yeah. meet. It wasn't flared. I 
talk about customizing Porsches straight away, changed the motor in that car and, you know, just made it look more like a 73 RS Carrera. And that's the great thing about these early Porsches is they're really easy to customize. You know, we've touched on it a little bit. A lot of things are interchangeable. You can take a two-liter motor out and put a 3.6 in if you want. That's what mm -hmm. Jack Olsen did. Right. Took out his 2.4 and put in a 3.6. So that's the great thing about these 911s, and they get driven. They develop personality. 277's got personalities. Jack's 72 Black Beauty car, I think is what he calls it, is also pretty unique and got personality. Mm -hmm. You know, the two cars are similar yet different. That's ultimately the great thing about early Porsches is they develop character and soul over time, just like patina. You know, mm -hmm. some people like shiny cars. I always say, dirt don't slow you down. I'm not worried about rock chips and scratches because to me, those are memorable moments that are earned over time and they're earned by getting out there and driving yeah, I mean, you the car. Never meet, you never meet a, uh, a guy at a Porsche event, or sorry, at a you know Cars and Coffee event, and he proudly proclaims, you know, I've got 305 miles on my, you know, 2007 gt3 quite the opposite you know ralph has like 68,000 on his on his 3.9 gt3 they're built Sorry, to be driven 70 more now yeah they're built to be driven and that's how you get connected with the car you don't get connected by it by leaving it in the garage sure there's some there's some nice sort of curves on it and it looks cool but every time you drive it stuff happens you know if you're if you're driving that particular car i think know? ultimately it's not necessarily about getting for me to be the quickest you know, it's more about enjoying that journey yeah. and just sort Making of being stories. at one with the yeah. car. Yeah, and these things, that's the great thing about all car guys. It's really the great thing about Porsche guys is it is this language. I've had people visit me from all over the world. It doesn't matter whether you speak English, German, or Japanese, you speak Porsche, and that's that yeah. connection. And truth be told, yeah, I'm an early air-cooled guy, but I also like these, you know, high-horsepower, water-cooled things. And to me, it's not a case of which is yeah. better. They've both got soul, but they're both slightly different. Yeah. But they've both got personality. And to me, I think that sort of sums up everything that's great about well, the Porsche Well, and James, you know, who was up, he's the guy that built your engine and the other half, well, the other third of Sharkworks. Um, he got to drive the 277, you know, when, when they went off in the GT2. And I was sitting with him. And he's a man of few words. And, you know, I just slowly, like a few corners in, you know, he starts out slowly because it's the 277 and we're like, oh, we're in it. Um, it's amazing how many people want to get his, in that his car. Face, his face is going like like this and I just turn around and go, you're having a good time, aren't you? And he's like, yeah, you know, and, and it's, you know, he, he drives every day, you know, 200,000 or whatever, 150,000, 200,000, whatever they're worth and builds, you know, GT3 RSs and he gets back in, a, you know, in your car and it's like, it's set up nice, it sounds good, you know, it drives properly. And he's just having fun in the canyons. Isn't there something about those old cars, too? This knowledge that you're in something from another era, and it's almost like a yeah. bit of a time machine. It's like stepping back in time. Yeah. yeah. Like listening to an old song. Yeah. You know, you, you know, you listen to like a Led Zeppelin song from 1971, and it's like there's something you about it that makes you <laughs> think like, man, this was going on. Like this guy was singing this in a different era. The yeah. world was different, and there's yeah. a finite number of those cars as well. They will yes. never. No one's ever going to build another 1971 911. It's just it no. is. One of my favorite cars is my Irish Green '66 911, <laughs> and it's pretty much almost in stock form that it would have been in 1966. The brakes as well. Cool. Yeah. What you know, like? I've changed weird, you know, obviously pads are new, but, you know, the point to my story is the car's 49 years old and it's the best way that you just described it that I could step back in time 
1966, even mm. though I was born in 1967. It's like you get in that car and it just, yeah. it's the smell of these early uh, air-cooled, oil-cooled 911s. You, t you know, I'll go through the process. You look at it, sight. Walk up to it, put the key in it, turn it. You sort of feel it and hear it. Then you sit in it, put the key in the ignition, turn the key. You hear it fire up, yep, yeah. and then you smell it. And it's a time capsule right there. Yeah. Right there is that's something modern cars will never give you. You know, we've sort of talked for a couple of hours about the difference, but ultimately, if I can home it into you know five senses of sight, sound, smell, and feel, that is the time capsule that I think you just sort of brought us full circle into what is great about these early air-cooled 911s. And mm. I, truth be told, it's probably the same thing all the VW guys experience because it is like this living, breathing, time warp, time mm. travel entity that ultimately doesn't matter really how fast you're going. You're just in this zone that is, yeah, it's antiquated, but it's also pretty exciting yeah, I mean, and pretty I special. I found it really great, you know, picking up my car that was, you know, from 71, and it's like I'm on the road, you know, in rush hour traffic, you know, with things whizzing by me and a bright yellow, you know, it was like an RS clone. Um, and I'm sitting there, I've got no AC, no, no nothing, no cup holders, nothing. I mean, and I'm just, you know, stinking up the place. But I loved it, man. It was just great, you know, just and then I got home, I would, I'd take a canyon road near me in it. I mean, my wife always says, Karen, you know, when I get home and I've been in a 911, she can tell I've been in a 911. Yeah, it's, it's a smell. You sort of come in smelling with it. You know, you've smell got that oil. sort of sweat and oil and yeah. fuel smell. I mean, you either love it or you don't, really. You know, it's an acquired taste for sure, but uh, you know, that's why it's I'm like passionate about it. It's like a Chanel number Porsche. five for us, right? Yeah, Every time you drive one of those old carburetor-driven car, any even an old muscle yeah. car, yeah. you smell yeah, that fucking sure. gas. Yeah, well, always the leaky carburetors. I mean... James helped me rebuild the carbs on mine, and it's like I spent like three days on it, you know, rebuilding the carbs on that engine. I put him in, or he helped me, and it's like, son of a bitch, I can still smell leaks, you know? And it's like, he's like, well, that's just how it is, you know? And then in the three days that I'd, I'd taken them out and rebuilt them, the weather had changed like 15 degrees, you know, and the car ran like shit. You know, I just couldn't handle it. <laughs> so it's like back to the drawing board. You know, there's that joke about if you're not early 911s not leaking oil, there's no oil in it. These yeah. things are sort of <laughs> yeah. living, breathing, you know, pieces of machinery that have got soul. Well, well actually, that's with your 1965, but with the new, with these ones that you've built yourself, has there been new technology that allows those things to be a little bit more reliable, have less issues? Most of the cars that I built, like the SDR or, you know, being involved in the process of these cars, um, I'm still sort of keeping them period correct. You know, I'm not putting newer mm -hmm. motors in those old cars. You know, you touched on a little bit what Singer's doing. Mm -hmm. You know, the difference is they're taking a 964 and sort of backdating it to resemble an old car with modern technology. For the most part, other than updating for what I do, uh, torsion bars and stiffer suspension, which, yeah, it's newer components, but yet it's still running, for the most part, the original motor that's been rebuilt maybe at a higher spec but it's still if it was carbureted then it's probably still carbureted now so but what about gasket technology or any of those things i mean have there been improvements and yeah for sure but you know it's still you know it's like right now i'm building a 67s it's a car that have got the louvered fenders which is my follow-up build to the sdr i sourced a 67s case and uh, bought some new marley pistons and cylinders and as crazy as this story sounds i'm shipping all the components to my buddy, Matthias, who's got a shop in Hamburg, Germany, 
and uh, I'm going to have him build the motor or assemble the motor in Germany and ship it back. So it'll have new components in it, and it's going to be punched out from 2 liter to 2.5, but it's still a 67S motor going in a 1967S. Well, isn't that something that Porsche's doing now? They have like an entire factory dedicated to rebuilding old yeah. cars. Well, it's a Porsche period, Classic correct. Restoration yeah. Facility yeah. that they've actually had for some time, but what's happened recently over the past three to five years is, you know, these cars have just escalated in value to the yeah. point where now a lot of these cars that let's say would have been trashed five years ago because it wasn't worth spending 50 grand to restore a car that might be worth 30. Now that 50 grand car or 100 grand car yeah. could be worth 200. triple that. What's the name of the, the Porsche restoration facility oh, It's just called the Porsche Classic Restoration Facility. Hmm. Porsche Classic Restoration Yeah, Porsche facility. Classic it's Restoration It's uh, amazing facility. though. I've visited it. You know, over the past two years, I've done various events with Porsche. I went to the uh, Techno Classica show in Essen with them. I went to the Old Timer GP at the Nürburgring and Goodwood that's Revival. It. Yeah, that's it. So the great it's, thing about Porsche is they've got 50,000 parts in their showcase of Porsche Classic. Well, so it's all, not just 356s. It's all the way up to the uh, 993 factory replacement parts. It's also a great thing about Porsche in that they make new parts for their old yeah. cars. Mm -hmm. yeah. They continue to make parts for every mm -hmm. single model. That's why there's their... so many of them on the road. They say there's 80% of them still on the road. That's incredible. Yeah. I mean, How many that other 50-year-old really cars or 40-year-old cars are on the road? I mean, Well, there's companies like Year One that make parts yeah. for for old Mopars classic and muscle right. cars and things along those lines, but there's very few. I mean, truth be told, Jag's got its own thing. Jag Jaguar's got the heritage mm -hmm. facility. Where they're actually rebuilding twelve of those uh, continuation lightweight E types. I know for I yeah, know Mercedes has, has been doing it for quite some time. Those old cars, man, like the yeah. Those are the nine five nines. Do you know the story of the nine five nine in America? How you can drive one? Do you know why you can drive one in America? Because Bill Gates bought yes. two of them and crashed right. one of them right. to do the testing, testing. on it, That's which right. is hilarious. Yeah, yeah if you want to get good. one of those, you probably got to call Bruce Bill Gates. Kenipa. I mean, it's. I mean, how much are those worth? I mean, it's got to be worth like nine five nines are now a million dollar car. And a couple of years up, ago, yeah. they, they were, were like five hundred, right? Well, I remember when they were two fifty three. Yeah. Meanwhile, yeah. if you drove that and then drove your car back to back, you'd yeah. be like, "Fuck this!" Well, it's like I said, I drove helmet box prototype nine five nine that Brumos owned, and. Really, you know, it was no different to any other 911. It wasn't this brutally just crazy car that they built, the GT2, which is just nap-snappingly brutally fast. The 959 is not like that. I mean, you got to remember that how old that car is now. It was in the 80s, right? Yeah, yeah 86. It was 86. actually designed... It was, it was, you know, I'd, I'd kind of compare it a bit to We're a Bugatti Veyron. We're almost coming upon the 30-year anniversary on that. Yeah, Let's because what talk it was, over each other too much. Oh, yeah, sorry. It's confusing for people. Can but, I take a bathroom break? Yeah, yeah, yeah. please do. But oh. what it did was it, um, it basically was designed to get to 200. It was like the first, you know, supercar to kind of do that, right? So like the Veyron. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't brutally fast, but it was able to, you know, to go 200 back in 1986, which was a big deal. It was one of their first four-wheel drive cars, too, right? Yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. It was. All it had wheel. a lot. Yeah, all-wheel drive. They like drive. to say all-wheel because four-wheels like, yee-haw! Yee yeah. People think of, you know, fucking well, hayseeds. The, and... There's a cool picture, or I don't know if you ever... Do you know about the Paris-Dakar rally, for example? I've heard of it, yeah. So you should check it out. People die every year in it. They go across Africa. And, <laughs> and they actually took, a, they took 959s. You know, and had like, you know, Rothman's stuff on it. You know, it's a cigarette company. They raised them, put knobby tires. So the 959 Paris Dakar, as you check it out. So it's a 959, and they rally raced it across Africa. And, it, you know, it did really well. So that's the, another iconic 959. That is so ridiculous. They take a that? 959, which is worth a million dollars, and they essentially well, back turn then it, it into a truck. Yeah. 
but it's but they raced it. That's Porsche. That's why they're well, not. Rally racing is very strange because yeah. the cars look so odd, jacked up with the, you know, the they have to have suspension. a lot of suspension travel, right? You know, to and to so yeah, bumps. yep, they have to, and yeah, they have crazy tires. Look it just it. seems wrong though. It yeah. seems wrong to take those cars and to put them with yeah. such a wacky suspension, and then drive them over dirt. Well, but when you watch rally drivers. When you watch them, oh, like, they're like some of the footage from the seat. Oh my god! The guy I'm worried about is a navigator, though. Oh the yeah, guy reading the you know left. left Those right, guys right. have got big balls in navigator. and navigator. And they always get blamed too when they crash. It's like it's fucking your fault. Google uh, Pikes Peak, <laughs> Ari Varnon or uh, Walter Roll, and yeah. just see those guys. I'm yeah. not a big fan of the idea of a navigator. I think you should be forced <laughs> to fucking drive. Well, they didn't have GPS then. So what? I, you know, I feel like you should be able yeah. to figure out every turn, and if you go off the side of the cliff, that's part well, of the so, fun. So, you know, we were talking about this program called, called Grandstand, which, um, you know, on a, on a Saturday afternoon in England on one of the three available channels, and they had this... Have you, have you watched any Isle of Man racing before? Those yes. Those crazy oh, fucking yeah. bike guys? Yeah, those guys are We nuts. had a series with these sidecars where these guys would, like, trapeze off the side of the bike right that's all they did but they would be the first ones to like go flying when the thing crashed i mean uh, it was just into a wall pretty gnarly <sighs> yeah it's gnarly shit man. i think the isle of man tt is yeah. the true test of big balls and a real hero when you see what those yeah, guys those are guys doing are nuts there. man it's, yeah fuck the soldiers they're fighting for our country or something. Or freedom to go fast on a motorcycle. Yeah. 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 Those guys are animals. There's, there's they're, something really crazy about someone who wants to race for a living. They they're just, like McConkie guys, you know, that Sean yeah. McConkie guy, for example. They're just nuts. What was the, 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 um, the movie that the recent Formula One movie with Thor? What the fuck is his oh, name? Oh, Drive? Oh, Rush. Oh, Rush. Rush. Sorry, Rush. Drive. James Hunt, Nicky Lauda. Yeah. Well, that was my era growing up in the 70s. You know, England in 76, 77, James Hunt won the F1 and Barry Sheen won the, the biker, uh, World yeah. Superbike title. So. That uh, that movie didn't get nearly enough respect. That was a good movie. Yeah. It was Ron it was Howard's movie on right. racing. Yeah, it's pretty good. I, I, I mean, my mom remembers it differently because she, she fancied James Hunt. A lot fancied. of people did. Yeah, you know, you see word. those guys, that was the sex, drugs, <laughs> rock and roll era of, you know, yeah. partying, the lifestyle, the glamorous lifestyle. Yeah. Now it's a whole different thing. I mean, the guys are faster, the cars are quicker, but it's a whole different corporate mentality. You look at F1 footage in the 70s and people are practically bare feet smoking in the pits. Yeah. Look how it is. Today. Yeah, drinking. He you know, looks like Thor. He yeah. little, Thor really does look like that guy. Yeah. Tell him about your Hesketh sticker on the GT2. Oh yeah, so yeah, you know, goes. remember, uh, so lo yeah, last time when we were when we came here with the 4-1, you know, we showed up at, at Leno's place and Dan was wearing a Hesketh T-shirt, you know, and and then we showed up right to his place. That's how we met. We went, you know, off to traffic, and he's like Hesketh, and he's like, "You guys are all right." These you know, guys Hesketh are blue is, Hesketh, you know, in the movie like that you were watching, you know, Lord Hesketh. He was the uh, you know financier for for James Hunt. You got to get your car to Seinfeld. You got to have that nut drive your car because okay. he's got one of the best Porsche collections in the world. I mean, mm -hmm. he's a real Porsche aficionado. He's... Have you seen that show, Cars? Yeah, and coffee. Car comedians <laughs> yeah, yeah. and cars getting coffee. Yeah, it's pretty. It's pretty badass. He like... has a legit 1972 RS. It's worth over a million dollars. He drives it on the street. Yeah. You know, I know. Which is there was wasn't bananas. there some wasn't there some uh, video yeah it? backed into it right recently. someone did really yeah, yeah. in New York somewhere. in New York yeah of they backed they into did. it it's like oh and they probably had no idea it was worth a million no bucks. there's like some old stinky Porsche yeah that's what it looks a, like with a bunch yeah. of ugly decals on it dripping oil probably so yeah. someone backed up into it hard is it fucked up yeah, or was, was it on the fender, show I thought, right. This video of it out there. Yeah. I guess you could uh, Google Seinfeld's Seinfeld, RS getting rear ended video of it getting hit yeah yeah oh no yeah find that yep.
I want to see how he reacts. Not my now. car. What no. are you doing in my car? <laughs> it's almost like you didn't even know it was there. It's like Jerry's set yeah. right opposite me. Yeah. In the body it's of like Joe that Rogan. line, you know, when you reverse Tyrone, things come from behind you. Oh. You know? yeah. yeah, I don't know why anybody would want to spend a million dollars on that car. I don't understand. He might have bought it when it was a 50 grand car. Oh, I'm telling there you. There you go. Did. Look at this. Right there. Hamptons. Oh, in the there Hamptons. Oh, sorry. Oh, my God. Yeah. Unapologetic Hamptons woman. Yeah. Now, do your Jerry impression right now. Yeah, yeah, do um, it. Do you even know what you just did? <laughs> hey, lady. Yeah, see how happy done? he looks there? Look he looks yeah. really happy. Yeah. Is that the before or the? That's the before shot. Yeah, the Jerry sound, while he watches. Come on, is there a video? Oh, I, I think he's really. There was a video. <gasps> there there you go. Video. There you go. Really Interview. Oh, come go. on, let's hear this. I gotta. Hear this video is gonna get a lot of views says. now. I want to hear what he says. <laughs> uh oh, he doesn't look happy there, does he? I wonder if he finally swears. See, this is the great thing about the internet. We're talking about it, and there it is. There it is. Is there a video of it? Or yeah, no? yeah. That, look, look up there. Yeah, but that's a video of Seinfeld. No, oh. it's right there. Right there. No, no, those are no, photos. Oh. Hey, what are you doing? Look at Why her. Why are you backing into my car? Hunchback twat. Look at her. <laughs> backing up into his car. How do you know? You can't see her face. Close she to might 40, be very... 56,000. What year was this? Yeah, that's not correct. No. 14? No. That's the problem. That's the other problem with the internet. Yeah. Everyone has a freaking opinion. Yeah. Scroll down for video. It. Where's the video? I, I saw the video. That's what I was saying. I don't know where it is, but maybe he took it down. Maybe. Yeah, but it's, it says scroll down for video in the article. And it's yeah. Well, you also there. can't believe oh, everything yeah. you read Isn't on Isn't that internet? funny? You're going to the Daily Mail, which is a, a British tabloid. That's the British tabloid, dailymail.co.uk. Isn't that what where that you... Did you guys give us that fucking... That guy from CNN... What's his name? Oh, that, that asshole that's not Piers, around anymore. Piers Morgan. Is he, that from the Daily Mail? Is he yeah, from there? he's a he. Well, I don't want to say anything. He's mean. gross. He's a yeah. He's not a very nice chap. We also gave you Simon Cowell. Yeah. And that's the that's the problem with the other problem with the U.S. Like it's sort of like the British rejects. Well, no, hold get, on, hold on. Here. Ricky Gervais, come on. Yeah, well, Ricky's great. Yeah. Look, a lot of yeah. great Ricky's comics. A funny guy. There's a but lot he's of not great, great stuff. He was not great. I felt really embarrassed being British with him. What, around. with Ricky Gervais? No, no, with that Piers guy. Oh, well, Piers that Morgan. Piers guy got owned by Chelsea Handler. You ever see that when no. Chelsea Handler's was that the gun getting stuff? Inter Let's No, that. no, he got owned by Alex Jones and the gun yeah. stuff and by um, Ted Nugent. Oh, yeah. Oh, but Chelsea Handler, a who's a, a stand-up comic, just fucking destroyed Good. him. Good. Because she was like, you're not even paying attention to me. Like, you know, you, 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 during the commercial break, you just go over and look at your phone. Like, he's, he's a fucking moron. Yeah. I, I didn't enjoy him on that show. I thought he was just, first of all, I don't enjoy his background. I mean, he no, was he's a, a part shyster. of people. Not just a shyster. They What's tapped into people's phones. Oh, yeah. really? That's they, not cool. There were people that were missing, and they hacked yeah. into these people's phones and listened to their voicemail. And so the parents got a false sense of, like, oh, they might be still alive oh. checking their oh. voicemail. Yeah. And it was because these shitheads were oh. tapping into the phone. He was a part of all that, and somehow or another he escaped yeah. that scandal. That's what I'm saying. You know, it was easy for him to get in and impress and get in into the U.S., and they didn't really do a proper background check on him and then suddenly he became you know a celebrity over well, here we got rid of him pretty quick but i'm glad sent him well back done on. well he was shamed many times yeah. before i mean people got to know what a shithead he is but also we we're a sucker for an english accent yeah, man yeah that's what i'm that. saying and that actually, was my story coming almost 30 years ago now but english you got a northern monkey accent. sex drugs rock and roll went no. quite a long way back no see you don't understand we don't know that that's a northern accent we have oh. no idea because just anyone that speaks lock english. stock and two smoking oh, barrels it. you know and that'll sort of Tell you all about the great North South divide. Yeah, it's great. You know, movie. Guy Ritchie's best movie, really. Love it. 
Love Guy Ritchie. Yeah. Huge yeah, fan. But the funny thing is about, sorry, about Piers Morgan again is that if you, you know, if you watch Top Gear a lot, he's like the butt of every joke. Like anytime there's anything nasty or disgusting, you know, you watch, um, you know, Jeremy Clarkson compare like a car's suspension to Piers Morgan, you know, banging <laughs> him in the rear. And he's like, Bleh, you know, yeah. so he's he's really not liked. Well, he shouldn't be. You know, that the, yeah. the thing that they so did. I apologize with, for being British. Yeah. The thing that they did with tapping into people's phones is yeah, just it's not cool. It's awful. Just disgusting. Yeah. And the fact that he snuck in. But it's like we we're, we are a weird sucker for English accents, which is why those infomercials, yeah. when they're trying to sell you some oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, but yeah, with that. my favorite thing. It's always an English guy. It's always guy. my English favorite guy. thing. A villain yeah, well, a cleaning and a, and product. A, yeah. It's always the villains in the Hollywood movies or the cleaning product. Yes. Guy. It's like, wow. Gotta be a cleaning product. Can we do anything else other than... Mess yeah, we Porsches. brought David Beckham over here. Come on, English guys talking that about didn't Porsches. Work. You guys tried. <laughs> he tried. He he didn't know. Yeah. Well, here we get Spice Girls. Come on. Yeah. Spice that lasted girls. a little while, but yeah. we don't give a fuck about soccer. You can try no. all day. Yeah, We're not going to. We did try. We did. Yeah. Or rugby. Do you got well, or rugby or cricket? I think rugby would be would have been a better fit. That's I think a man's rugby game. Rugby is more manly than even well, it's very American close football. to American football. I think if you took American football players and took the helmets away and made them play rugby, that's yeah. a more exciting game. Yeah, Actually, I did sure. get one of my concussions from rugby because I played a lot of the. It was a posh man's game, rugby. It, it you know posh. it's very thuggish. It's a very thuggish game. I mean, you. It's the only game I know of where like a big Samoan, you know, can like step on your teeth in a scrum. And then he'll give you his hand to pick you up. It's just bizarre, you know. And they've got studs on the bottom of those shoes, you know. Oh, so well, it's he not feels good. Bad. Yeah, so you know, and and you Did don't you wear play cricket as well. I really didn't. I didn't like badminton. That. No, 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 no. Just 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 rugby, rugger, just rugger, rugger, exactly. And um, you know, you can you don't wear any pads. There's kid when you're when you're like 12, it's scary when you're a, sh a small guy and you're the last line of defense as I was and fast, at fullback or wing, and you know at 12 the differences between certain you know nations because there'd be schools from from Tonga and Samoa and New Zealand and they're like big gnarly guys and some of them definitely weren't 12. They'd like reset a few years. Oh really? They, were just they sandbagged. Yeah, yeah. They, oh yeah, man, they sandbagged and they no were just no one's checking ID. No, no one's checking no ID. ID back then. Yeah. But literally, you know, they would they would poleaxe you and pick you up. So you'd have all these, and then the pro, they weren't. It wasn't a professional game back in the '80s. And you would have these. They'd have real jobs, like they were lawyers, you know, because they were posh. You'd only played it in a posh school. Um, this doesn't happen in Sheffield. No, it doesn't. Way. No. And suddenly, you know, you'd know he's a rugby player because he's like missing teeth. Missing teeth. And he's a lawyer with missing teeth. But drinking twelve. You know, or like black up eyes. Ears. Yeah. yeah. Looks, cabbage ears. Yeah. Ca yeah. Cabbage ears. Yeah. I mean, cauliflower. Yeah. Right. Well, you guys call them cabbage ears? Yeah, that we call them cabbage ears. What do you call cauliflower ears? Yeah. Right. Oh, that's cabbage ears. Okay. Let me see your ears under those headphones. No, he's got good ones. It. He wears headgear. Yeah, I wear yeah. I wear headgear when I yeah, you're smart. do jujitsu. I have a little bit of Tell it me about your martial arts background. Yeah. I mean, I remember seeing you on these UFC fights. Like, you know, I'd go around to my buddies and watch, and I remember seeing you on Fear Factor, and I've heard all about these black belts, but I don't really know the, your story. I started martial arts when I was a little kid. Um, Where'd you grow up? I uh, grew up in Boston, okay. mostly. Beantown, um, right? Fighting yeah. around? Yeah, Beantown. Going back yeah. there next weekend. There you go. It's going to be zero, minus one right now, I think it is there. Ooh. I've got oh, a buddy shit. that used to run a store there called Alston B in Alston. Oh, okay. Alston's uh, great. Yeah, and then town. he moved it to Newbury Street. My buddy Craig, and I owns all the G-Star stores. Yeah, Newbury Street's like the heart of yeah, like fashion rich, yeah. right. and Newbury Comics. Right. And we used to cool sell spot. that store, actually, Newbury Comics. 
Yeah. So you grew up in Beantown. Yeah. Um, with Marky I, Mark, or is this pretty much? I don't know Marky Mark. You don't know the I do. Do you know the Funky Bunch? <laughs> I didn't know the Funky you Bunch either. You didn't know either. the Funky Bunch. <laughs> no, but Were you I mean, a Southie? The, Southie, right? Is no, big... I worked in Southie. Okay. I used Whoa. to teach. Uh, I used to uh, be uh, one of the trainers at the Boston Athletic Club. Mm. I actually got to. Do you know who Bobby Orr is? Famous hockey player. How dare no. you? Neither one of oh, you fucks. No. What's hockey? Fuck. Is that? Oh, we have hockey, but it's not on ice. What is the boxer that Marky Mark portrayed in that film that was Boston's sort of hero? What's that? Oh, that's Mickey. Mickey. Mickey yeah, Ward, yeah, who's an excellent boxer. Um, yeah. So uh, I worked in um, South Boston at, at this uh, place called the Boston Athletic Club. How and old I got were to you meet, then? I was probably 19. I got How to meet Bobby Ward. Uh, oh, arts. martial arts. I started fighting when I was 15. Okay. That's when I got like really into it. And I was, I was fighting in the men's divisions when I was 16. Kicking ass? I was doing well. Were I, you a street won, fighter before no, that? No, no, I wasn't really. Uh, you know, I was scared more than I was uh, like me aggressive and mean. I was just I, I get into martial arts because I was worried about you know people kicking my ass. Okay. I just didn't know how to fight. So, wanted, so I figured I got to learn to how defend to fight. Yourself. I'm tired of being scared of everybody. <laughs> so uh, I was a uh, four-time Massachusetts State Taekwondo wow. champion. I uh, won that four years in a row. I won the U.S. Open. I won a bunch of national tournaments. Then I started kickboxing. I did some, but I started doing that as I was doing stand-up comedy, and um, I uh, I stopped competing. And then uh, how do you get into stand-up? You're just a funny kid in the neighborhood. Or my friends, my friends talked me into it. Guys that I used to train with, actually, my friend Steve Graham, who I'm still buddies with to this day. So it wasn't like you failed the new kids on the block audition and figured <laughs> I'll go to stand-up. No. <laughs> I didn't even think I was funny. I thought they thought I was funny because they were my friend. But other people were just going to think I was an asshole because my sense of humor was. Were they like, just laughing because they thought you'd kick their ass, or you no, were just generally pretty? Well, funny? I would do impressions of our friends, like having sex or doing Ooh. weird shit. You know, I, w I was oh, good at impressions. So I would do these impressions of uh, people that we knew, and I would make people laugh in the locker room. And my friend Steve was like, "You should really be a fucking comedian." Mm. I was like, "Look, you think I'm funny because you know me." I other think there's a joke there we just missed. He made him laugh in the locker room. How do we not pick up on that? We well, we're getting know. ready to fight. Okay, you know, okay, we're getting okay. ready to fight. Okay. Was <laughs> That's what you were thinking. It's gallows humor is what okay. it was. Okay. Essentially, everybody was nervous, and I would be the icebreaker okay. because yeah. we would have sparring days, like especially on Saturday. Saturday was a scary day because we would do what we call team training, and team training was all the black belts would get together and they would pad up, and we would do these really long training sessions, and they were brutal. And everybody would shit their pants in the locker room, so I would mm. be making everybody laugh. I would be like the the, nice. the icebreaker. Yeah, that must be. I don't know what's scarier though, like a a, a, a fight or a stand up. I mean, that both of me. Fighting's way scarier. Well, physically, yeah. but I mean. Uh, yeah, it's way scarier and all the above. The losses I mean, are way more devastating. Give me the Joe Rogan story past that point though. So then we're in I, Boston. I, we're still fighting. I start doing stand up comedy. I stop competing. Um, somewhere around 97, which is several years later. I'm still training, doing like various martial arts. Are you arts. in L.A. now or are you still back there? I got into L.A. in 94. Okay. 96, I started doing jiu-jitsu. Okay. So in 97, 97, I started working for the UFC, and then I got really into jiu-jitsu then. So um, I, from 96 to today... I've been doing two different types of jujitsu, gi and no gi. Gi meaning with uh, with yeah, what they call kimono, which is like a you know like a, a karate uniform, right. looks like but thicker. A jumper. Yeah, you throw people around with that. You can grab it. You could choke them with it. And it's you could use it more. Like it, it's almost like a weapon. weapon. And then no gi, which is essentially just clothes. You don't grab people's cl no clothes. You're wearing like a skin tight uh, rash guard, and it's all about uh, wrestling techniques, like underhooks and overhooks and submission holds and stuff like that. And so you 
still fighting today? Yeah, I still know. I just train. train. I mean, I don't fight. Fighting, you know, competing is a very different thing, obviously. You got to, I mean, you're competing in the gymnasium and you go and you're sparring. I mean, you're going 100%. Right. You're trying to choke mm -hmm. each other. Uh, but there's a big difference between that and going into competition. I, I'm of the opinion that, especially fighting, like MMA, you, well, you should not do that unless that's all you're doing. Yeah. I, I think Part time is that, over, right? It should be 100% of your focus, because if it's not, yeah. I think you're going to run anything. into someone, and it is 100% of their and focus. And they're going to get fucked you. up. They're going to fuck you up. I often yeah. say, if you're out for a real spirited driver, you're on the track, if you're not 100% focused, Don't be texting. Be yeah. Don't, Don't be, be texting, texting when you're on So, <laughs> when did MMA and UFC sort of really explode and take over the thunder of boxing? What was that? Ten years ago? Five years ago? Um, let's, about ten years ago, it took off because of the Ultimate Fighter. That right. was 2005. When mm -hmm. I came along, I came along in '97. I was the post-fight interviewer. This was like long before it was big. We used to fly into places like Dothan, Alabama, and we do these shows and these little. What is high UFC on now? Fight number. You know, if you watch it on TV. This is you. We just said UFC 182. Wow. So uh, the next one's 183, I believe, which is uh, well, you know, it's a lot of uh, events. But you've been with them since fight one? No, 12. Okay. I came along UFC 12. Wow. But I only worked for them for two years. It was a different organization. Different people owned it. Worked for them for two years, and then it was just getting too crazy. They were banned from cable. It was yeah. really like more of a blood sport image. Like people no didn't rules. understand what it was. No, it had rules, but it was just the, the, the public perception of it. Like I would tell people that I worked with, that I was going they to do They thought it was some YouTube backyard brawling type fighting. thing. Yeah, they, they, it was like I was doing porn. That okay. was the attitude. They're like, Oof. why are you doing that? Like, what are yeah. you going to ruin your career? But today, 183 fights later, different Today's story, much right? different, much different. Yeah. I started working for the UFC again at UFC 37 and a half, which was in 2002. And you've done them all since then? I've done most of them. Wow. Uh, most of the pay-per-views, but there's so many events now, I can't do them all. Like, there's Fox Sports 1 events, which most of, I, I'm doing the one next weekend, but most of those I don't do and then there's Fox Kenny events. does those right and, and sometimes Kenny does them he's going back and forth about Porsches with me on 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 the internet who are the crazy guys oh, yeah. that I'm sort of loosely sort of seeing visually that were involved with uh what was the guy's name Dana something Dana White, Dana White. Yeah. yeah yeah he he's the president okay. of the UFC yeah. And they and were from, were they Huntington Beach guy? Are they no, LA Dana's guys from or? Boston. Okay. Yeah. So and, you knew him uh, back in the day? No, I didn't know him okay. until 2002. I okay. met him when I was doing Fear Factor. Okay. Um, because they no, when had, did Fear Factor start? 2002, I think. Okay. 2001, 2002, somewhere around How did you go from being this Bostonian martial arts comedian guy to Fear Factor? How does that? I was on a sitcom before that. What I was, was on a that? sitcom on NBC called News Radio. Okay. And that was on for five years in the 90s. From so 94. did you come out to L.A. to do the acting stand-up thing? Um, I came out to L.A. for another show called Hardball that was on Fox that was canceled. I got hired to what do that. What show was that? It was a baseball show, okay. like a uh, sitcom about baseball. Okay. Mm -hmm. That was canceled after like six episodes, and I was out here. I'd already leased an apartment for a year, so I was like, ah, oh, fuck, I'm stuck here for a while. I wanted to go back to New York. Was and, this a uh, bit like Swingers, one of my all-time favorite yeah, Vince Vaughn movies? Like Swingers, in what way? You know, just um, people coming out to L.A. to pursue acting and did you wear you know, a the Mickey Mouse suit? Swingers, you, you know, <laughs> I'd have killed for that role. There was a lot of that. Going you know, that on. skinny Vince Vaughn. You look at Vince Vaughn in Swingers, and you look yeah, at Vince Vaughn in the day. Different. John Favreau, you go, a lot of booze. Yeah, what a lot happened? Of food, there? living a good life, a lot of miles. <laughs> a lot of miles. So how do you miles. fall into Fear Factor? How does that? So, uh, I was the same casting director that worked uh, with NBC for uh, uh, news radio. He okay. just brought me in. They were mostly interviewing like sports announcers and people. They wanted it to be like serious. And when I 
came in for the audition, I was actually mocking it. I was laughing at it. And they thought I was terrible for the job because I was mocking it. And then somehow they realized, like, look, if we don't mock it, someone else is going to mock it. Better to have our own guy mock it as it's happening. Can I just take a slash? Yeah, go ahead. I just thought it was ridiculous. You know, I thought you're going to sick dogs on people. This is the most ridiculous show idea of all time. How long did that show run for? It just seemed like it went. Six years, 148 episodes. And then we came back and did uh, another seven until uh, we did uh, an episode where people had a drink come. They had a drink, uh-oh. Donkey Kong. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. <laughs> and that's what got it canceled. Uh-oh. TMZ uh-oh. found out about it. They put the images uh-oh. of this fucking giant beer stein of Donkey Kong. And, uh, and the public outrage was... But NBC was fine with it. They had greenlit it. They, they said that we could yeah, have no the problem. people drink cum. Yeah, how bad can it be? Well, was, you know what, man? These people, they everyone wants to push the envelope. Yeah, and where do you go next? They keep pushing and pushing and pushing until finally they, they don't even realize how far they've crossed the line until other people react yeah, to it. Yeah, reality's blurred. Well, I was telling them not to do it. I mean, when I'm telling you that yeah, it's a bad you know, idea. Yeah, there's something wrong here. Yeah. There was it's two times right. when we did that show where I told people don't do it. What was the other one? Bull riding. Yeah, they made people ride bulls. And I said, this is a fucking bad idea, man, because you're dealing with uh, an uncontrollable element. Environment, right. You're dealing with an animal. Yeah. You know, I don't care if you think it's tame. That's not tame. It's a bull. Just because you corralled it and you figured out a way to rope it or put it in a cage, that's not a tame thing. Yeah. A tame is a cat. You go up to a kitty cat and you pet it, it purrs, it knows you're a person. cat's got claws, yeah. rubs up against your leg. That's a tame animal. A dog's a tame animal. Bulls are never fucking tame. Yeah, that's they, gonna... they will always fuck you up. You not know, bulls never come up to you to get pet. You know, they'll fucking stick their horn right up your ass and launch you over the top of the arena. <laughs> they don't give a shit, you know? I mean, we've all seen those images yeah. of a bull. Gorging a bull, someone. Yeah, 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 you yeah, seen yeah. The, um, the one where it goes through the guy's chin yeah, yeah. and out his mouth? Yeah, yeah. It's like, that is, in my mind, why you should never fucking bullfight. Like, that Or that run image. with the bulls, either. Oh, that's the most yeah. ridiculous thing. Yeah, the thrill, they say. Yeah, I don't the get thrill it. of running with the bulls. Like, the fuck are you talking about, man? Not my man? thing. Not my you got thing. animals with testosterone and giant balls, and they're angry, and they're running Pissed down these angry. wet, blood, and, yeah. and fucking beer-soaked streets. Everything's cobblestone and slippery, and you're running to get away from these fucking bulls. It's this so is, stupid. Oh, not going to well. I've, I've been to that, the running of the bulls. No I, no, I haven't done it. I've seen it. Why so I thought that might have been one because... of the concussions. Actually, no, no. You got a lot of stories, you this have, guy. You, you've actually had a. Um, well, I've got a couple of podcasts lined up. Um, there's a doctor that's on there. Dan told me about it because he heard him, but he's very into concussions and. Doctor Rhonda Patrick. That's yeah. him. Yeah. yeah. No, her. Her. Sorry, her. Rhonda. Been, him. She's that's been on him. the show. Well, we Rhonda. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. You know Rhonda man. Well, we talked about transvestites earlier, so. Well, no, she's a, a woman, but she. Um, I took her to a UFC. And uh, her husband is, uh, he's a fan of it, and I don't think she had ever watched it before. Actually, I don't know if, does Dan, I don't know if he was a fan, but anyway, I, I invited them because they live yeah. in Northern California. So they came to the UFC, and it was the first time she had ever seen it. She literally had no idea what it was all about. And after it was over, she was like, oh my God. And then she went like deep on the show into the dangers of head trauma and all that's going on. Seems to be a lot of Yeah, I think, was that the one that I was at where Anthony Johnson? Knocked uh, out. Um, uh, what's his name? That Little was a, Nog. Yeah, yeah, yeah that yeah. was brutal. And I felt, Noguera, yeah, I felt, yeah, that was, that was, that's probably the, with a headache the next day. Oh, probably still, probably still to this day, he probably gets up. Oh, that fucking if, if you saw Johnson. that, I mean, it was, it was actually uncomfortable. I wish they'd stopped it sooner, but yeah. Well, it was a one round knockout. I mean, it was pretty quick. I mean, but it was he, just he tagged him a couple times and he put him away. Yeah, Johnson's fighting for the number one title contention uh, next, not next weekend, but the weekend after yeah. that in Sweden. 
Yep. Who's the big top dog guy now? John Jones is okay. number Uh-oh. one. Just tested positive for cocaine. <laughs> Oops. Oopsie Daisy. Oopsie. Oopsie Daisy. Into rehab. Yeah. People like to party. He's an amazing yeah, yeah. fighter, yeah. though. Yeah, oh, so he's an amazing yeah. fighter. Yeah, he's, he's a crazy reach. Pretty arguably the best ever uh, at this point in time. Mm-hmm. He's only 27. Wow. My favorite, yeah. though, is Nick Diaz. I love Nick that guy. Diaz fighting in a couple of weeks. Yep, that's right. Fighting uh, January 30th in Vegas. Against Anderson Silva. Yeah. That's yeah. crazy. Is it 30th or 31st? I remember that name. Nick yeah. Diaz, dude, Nick Diaz is, he's just like, he's got first. personality. Well, no, he, he does. No. No, he's from Stockton. I don't <laughs> think so, dude. Uh, no. No. But he's awesome to watch fight, and he just does it like you nobody else. you people from Stockton can't be Porsche guys? Of course they can. Yeah, they yeah. just can't park them in front of their house and then sleep. Yeah, yeah. Sleep Won't peacefully. Be there the next day. And, oh. yeah, everything will be well, gone. the window. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, he's just all, he's a good dude. Yeah, that's the problem with uh, things like Port. Like, I I posted an image of uh, your car yesterday, and somebody wrote uh, uh, in the comments of Instagram, you know, I hate Porsche guys. They're all show offs. Like, yeah. how hilarious is that? They're all of them? Yeah, every, every single, single one. Every single one. But yeah. it's like it disqualifies you from ever owning one because you'll be a douche. Like, you can't just enjoy the engineering. Right. You can't, ju- even if it was just by yourself, there was no one around. You didn't even tell anybody you had a Porsche. You took the en- the car cover off it and just drove. It around a deserted right. road and enjoy the shit out of it. You can't yeah, do it by some people's right. views. Yeah. Yeah. Well, look at him. I mean, I thought he was a rocker. When yeah, I first he looks so deceiving, right? Yeah, but some people just they my automa- Some people automatically associate cars like Porsches. Yeah, or for sure. Or yeah, with well, we touched base on it a little bit earlier on, especially here in LA. Yeah. It's yeah. a, an image thing. Yeah, you right? know, sometimes these Porsches don't leave that Beverly well, Hills zip code. You know, you go, you ever take it to the track? No, I don't want to get it chipped up. I did oh. see a, a, guy, a guy in an Aston Martin repeat, and he was definitely an agent. Definitely an agent. Hey, it is Hollywood, know? right? It's a movie town. I mean, yeah, two he, was cell looking, phones no, he, was look, he was looking at his phone, and he was on a Bluetooth. But you do tra- that. Yeah, but not, well. Maybe yeah. you're an agent. In, in yeah, bed and on the toilet. Oh, okay. I do it on the toilet. Well, there's a lot of agents here, so it's probably a it is good and it was like that time of the day where you know it's it's like well, you should be at work, but you're not. And it's not meeting. lunchtime, so yeah, he's doing the meeting. In a meeting. Yeah. Well, there's image cars, and you know the, yeah. the the big ones are of course Ferraris, a big image car. You know that's like the probably the most obnoxious of all of them in a lot that of people's Lamborghini. eyes. Lamborghini's a yeah. big yeah. one. Yeah, they're so they're and outrageous, and I think M3s kid, have one too for well, like the Jeremy Clarkson always says, you know, like M3 drivers are constantly on Bluetooth, and that's the big thing. You know? Well, that's Jeremy Clarkson. I don't know what the fuck. But he he's hates Porsches. About. Talking of images, though, you know, I tell this story all the time. I think anyone growing up anywhere in the world in the seventies or eighties, chances are, if you were a car guy, you had a choice of one of three posters: yep. Porsche Turbo, Lamborghini Countach, and a, probably a Ferrari Five Twelve Boxer or a Testarossa. I had the BMW M One. Oh, no way! I had that on my my wall. The, the Alpina one. Yeah, that oh. that was a cool car, man. How old are you? That was forty-seven. Oh, the same age. Yeah, I had that. On I didn't have wall. the M One. I had a I, model had of that. I had like a, a model of it, um, and it was a BASF. Remember that company? Yeah. yeah. They used to make um, tape. Tape, basically. Well, that was a cool car, the BMW BASF uh, tape car. I remember. You that should car. pull that up, dude. Since you had that, pull up yeah. a BASF the white BMW. One with the red, uh, BASF yeah. Look, on it. look at that, and you'll be like, "That's a cool." Well, I poster. remember that was a space age car yeah, back sure. in the day, but I look at it now, it looks like a piece. You know, they oh, race. you see those cars racing yeah, now? Yeah, the historics. Unbelievable! I saw one old time GP at Nurburgring. Yeah. Oh, that's... like twenty-five of them rolling around the uh, F1. That's track the BASF. Yeah. Look at that Killer. thing. I had that. My mom gave it away to someone when How I left home. I was like, thanks a lot, mom. <laughs> yeah, I, I can't kill, find kill. that. Look at that, right? And you know what? And BASF is literally, you know, it's tape. Tape. You know, the tape for. Uh, Remember you know, Sony Walkman? 
Yeah. Oh, really? That's what I mean by tape, you know. I like the fender flares on that yeah. thing. Well, dude, you, you love fenders, don't you? Yeah, like, I'm a big fan of, like, the, one of the things I love about, uh, like, Jack Olsen's cars. Uh, wide giant, body. Yeah. Yeah. Wide body fender yeah. flares. I love those. I love See, that See, to car. me, that's the evolution of, I spoke earlier on about, like, in the 2002 TII 3.0 CSL Batmobile. Mm -hmm. That, to me, is the evolution of that. Do you like the 993 Nine Meister, that uh, RSR that they built? Do I you know like those wide about? body cars. People always ask me, do I like RWB? I'm a big RWB fan. I don't like those. Really? I, I get I like as Nikkei. far as like the Nine Meister, the, uh -huh. the RSR, like which is essentially like the GT2 T3. body yeah. Yeah. body kit. GT dude, GT2 with the with the bolt on flares. Yeah, there's oh. there's an image for yeah. the 993 RSR. Yeah, if you if like, you find that's a 993, a beautiful car, man. Look at the ass oh. end of that thing. Click yeah. on that one that we just well, had. Or get a white one so you can see the bolted on flares. Look yeah, white one, gold wheels. Yeah, that's. No. That's actually not even it, Jamie. No. Click on the other one that you were just uh, hovered above. Yeah. That right there, yeah. That's the one that has the bolt-on fender yeah. flares. Oh. That's a fucking beautiful ass right yeah. there. That's Jennifer That's... Lopez to me. Bam! Yeah. But, also, but also it's got Ronda Rousey on well, it, too. Well, hold on wide-ass fucking tires, too, man. It's got, like, it's got giant fight in tires. it, you know? That thing's... Oh. Pull up my uh, STR and we'll see what Joe thinks to that. Just yeah, punching Magnus Walker, STR, STR, or something like that. Well, I've seen that car. I love that car. I love the uh, the back end. I saw that there car in person when we visited you. Click that speed thing. We, uh, well, we there's uh, Tiff Nadell driving it there, but just go to the top. Oh, there's because... a video of Tiff yeah, Nadell driving yeah, it? Pull that up. I saw that on fifth gear, pull Tiff driving it. Look at that car, dude. So go back to the... Remember, I spoke earlier on about doing something with Tiff Nadell. That's right. it right there for his uh Oh, let's see that, gear. man. Let me see that. For appropriate uh, audiences. Oh, here we go. Your car was not overly um, um, horsepowered either. I mean, it was no. a, a fairly a uh, short stroke reasonable. Three, two, <laughs> probably two. Seven. Is Tiff Nadell pulling into your driveway? Yeah, with that horrible Tiff piece and of I shit? drive it from downtown all the way up to the Snake, and then he, if you fast forward it, a bit, what was that truck that pulled in? Was that his truck? No, that was uh, you know uh, Jonathan Ward from Icon does the uh, derelict. Oh, that's his. That's his. Oh wow! Have you met him, Jonathan a... Ward? No, no. Oh, I mean, cool that dude. I like that. You got to get him on the show. Well, we were talking about those cars that he makes yesterday, that Bronco that he makes. Oh, yeah, incredible. the icon thing. And he makes those old cars, and they look like old shit boxes, but they have incredible suspension. Well, yeah, that's his derelicts where he finds those yeah. old beat-up patinaed shells and everything underneath these new mechanical. Yeah, but he doesn't do anything to the outside no. of it. No, well, at... that's what's cool about it. I don't think so here's what... Tiff working mm -hmm. it. What is he saying here? He's saying, I'm looking for Ronin. He's saying, where's that GT2? So this is sort of the inspiration for Alex's Shotworks GT2 yeah. right there a little bit. And how fast is this car? Like, I mean, how many horsepower is this car that he's driving here? 275. And it probably weighs 2,000 pounds. Uh, right? 2,250. So yeah. all steel, no fiberglass on it. Yeah. Ah, well, if you wanted to get it lower, you'd have to go fiberglass. And how much lower could you get it? Yeah, not well. You could go under 2,000, which is magic. But Could you really? Yeah. Oh, my God. Why didn't you? You pretty much just have a that seat was all a steel, wheel. you know. You yeah. like the steel, yeah. yeah. So the only reason why to go all fiberglass would be just for Wait. the weight. But yeah, now yeah. you go carbon. But that fiber, stuff just cracks. I mean, I've had you know fiberglass fenders before on wide body, you know, old 911s, and then it's just not the same. It that cracks. Looks so exciting. This is the car that I sold at the Gooding yep. auction at the 50th anniversary at Pebble Beach. How oh, dare that, you? Do you miss it? Well, here's a great thing about it. I have visitation rights to it. It now resides <laughs> in, in what I think is the greatest Porsche collection in the country in Durham, North Carolina. I the love collection. those prototypo steering wheels, those oh, yeah. old school Momo steering wheels. Yeah, that's wheels. an old uh, fat Momo right there. Oh, those are the so, best. Yeah, I've actually uh, driven this car three or four times in the past year. Really? Yeah, yeah, yeah. In North Carolina. I drove it down to Fort Bragg, and then uh, in Monterey, I shot a video with Patrick Long, and this up in Monterey. 
Wow. So it's cool well, that if you I, wreck it, do you have to build them a new one? I didn't wreck it. I mean, come on, who thinks about that? But if you that? do. Yeah, sure, I'd take care. Yeah. But, you know, thankfully, I, I I know my limitations, you know, on the road, and I never push above and beyond them. Looks now, like what about a red bumper. Yeah, red bumper. <laughs> That's an inside yeah, red, joke. See, red bumper right there. <laughs> red bumper. Now, what about um, this car doesn't have any spoiler in the no. back? There's nothing. It's just flat in the back. Flat, Does that yeah. become an issue at speed? Maybe if you're all at Willow Springs going through turn eight flat out at like a buck 35, four, uh, 140 maybe, but on the street, no. Doesn't make any difference at all? Like not, not a duck tail wouldn't aid it in any way? I mean, let, let's say you're on a freeway on a sweeper doing 125, 130 miles an hour. Yeah, maybe then. Mm. But it's still fun sort of having that rear end move around a little bit. And That's okay. When it when you need to do that, you can do it in the uh, water-cooled yeah. one with the big off. Well, this guy is relentless in his pursuit yeah, to water -cooled. get you to yeah. accept the water-cooled Well, car. one interesting little point. <laughs> The guy that shot these photos for Speed Hunters, Sean Klingenhofer, yep. we're actually going to be doing a photo shoot with him in about an hour in downtown LA. So, oh, really? Yeah, yeah. We're, we're meeting him at oh, three. Nice. So, uh, so how cool is that? That that was the inspiration for our car. And I'm having the and same now he's guy the shoot same it. guy shoot it in the same spot. Oh, that's so, amazing. So that's the '72 911 uh, right there. And does the louvered uh, deck lid like that? Does that have any function? Yeah, it's it's cooling, sex. obviously. It I mean, it helps style, but obviously air is coming out of it. Yeah, so it's four man yeah. function. I mean, have you seen? Have you seen his new? Um, well, it's not even finished. And it was like one of the coolest talked about cars at SEMA this year. Have you seen the one with the louvered flares? It was at the Mobile oh, One the booth. Oh, the louvered front fender. Yeah, two years oh, ago. Sorry, Where Fendi. can I see that? Is it online? Uh, yeah, you can see it online. What's yeah. it? What could they look up? What would Just Jamie look up? Just punching sixty-seven STR. Let me briefly it's, tell you my SEMA story. I'm, I'm sure you're familiar with Magnus SEMA. Magnus Walker, 67 That's it. STR. Yeah. Oh, Just go images. No, punching Magnus Walker, 67 SRT. Yeah. SRT. SRT. SRT, Magnus Walker. Yeah, yeah. just put Magnus Walker. Oh, dude, top down so right, see, there, well, right there. Click that one on the left. So let me tell you my Mobile One story real briefly, or my SEMA story. Two years ago, I snuck into SEMA on someone else's pass. And if you go back to that, this year I got invited by Mobile One to display two cars in their booth which had three cars the other one was a pro touring sort of 67 camaro but that's just how crazy my life had become in the past two years from sneaking into the sema show in vegas which is the biggest sort of aftermarket specialty equipment show to being invited by mobile one all from one documentary yeah i never thought that none of this has mm -hmm. been scripted there's no pr person behind it. it's me and an iphone saying well, that's what i enjoyed yes, about meeting you there's no at your um, yeah, there's no agent <laughs> at your here. shop we met, the way we met um, is my friend Todd, Todd Messero, who is the producer of my uh, show on Sci-Fi. Uh, Todd is a Porsche guy. He owns a 993, loves, loves Porsches. And uh, we were talking about you. I showed him the, the video. We'd gone back and forth. And he goes, you know, we're going to be in downtown next <laughs> week. Like, let's contact Magnus. Let's go see if we could see his shop. So he called you. You answered. I you answered know, the phone and all then the time. You guys had a conversation. And we, after we shot, we just drove down yeah. and hung out with Magnus for yeah. a couple hours. Sure. Well, I, emailed, I emailed him right before the Jay Leno show and right after. And I said, is it still okay to come, right? And he's like, yeah, yeah. No, it, was, it was like Friday at 9 p.m. I arrived there. When gate opens, yeah, he's in there. And my wife was real His happy. His wife was real happy. <laughs> and, uh, and then he's like, oh, cool, man. I was just reading about it on the cover, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, all right, we'll go for a ride. Yeah, yeah, let me drive it. So I hear him wailing around. Well, not wailing, just putting oh, around. Sorry, put, Yeah, putting around in the 4.1 GT3 RS. And Dan, who's in the passenger seat, you know, is telling me later, yeah, he's going like... Uh, yeah, just just one more lap, just one more lap, just one more lap. And right before he got Guys in the car, right before he gets in the car, sorry, this is gonna throw you under the bus a bit. He's talking to his wife Karen and going, 
oh, I've just got some stragglers in. They're the last ones of the day, I swear. I'm just kicking them out right now. You know, I'm just kicking them out. I'm kicking them out. I swear, I'm coming over, right? And 70 freaking laps later. <laughs> I got to throw out uh, props to my wife, Karen. I've been with her for over 20 years. And uh, yeah. that's why I'm the luckiest guy in the world is I've got, first of all, she's beautiful. She's my Georgia peach. And uh, she yeah. just allows me to be this crazy fool sort of, you know, enjoying my life. But uh Without her, I don't think we'd be here today. So uh, yeah. you're uh, not henpecked, is what you're trying to say. Uh, I'm just saying I love my wife, and she's super supportive. Yeah. No, is, well, is what I'm saying. Dude, my wife, my wife for my birthday, before I even had a shop, this is what she got me was a set of the first Brembo GTR brakes oh. that I could put on my really fast turbo, and she helped me install nitrous lines when I was, you know, drag racing it. That's the key for That's like a badass. So she and she makes video games, so. Is there to. another way to take those naturally aspirated engines and get them so anywhere Jonah, near as you. powerful as that 800 horsepower that you have in that GT2? Is there a way? I mean, have we reached the limitations? James. I mean, the limitations essentially on the air-cooled cars, it gets up to like 450. And yeah. it's like, didn't Ninemeister get, a, they got a 993 engine yeah. up to like 450 horsepower? I mean, I it's really pushing a round thing through a square peg, you know, it, it, or whatever the freaking thing mm -hmm. is. I don't just, think you need 800 horsepower no. with an early... Uh, all the electronics. Yeah, yeah, but I'm not, I'm not asking whether or not body. you need it. I'm we, saying, yeah. is it possible? I mean, have you... Have, I don't think you can get 800, but there again, I'm not building... Out of a naturally aspect, I'm not talking about an early car. I'm oh. talking about, like, oh. the, look, your car, the, yeah. the 4.1, you got up to 560? Yeah. Like, what is the limitation? Is that it? Um. So... That's an interesting question. So you can make more, but what's the delivery of more? So we probably, yeah, we could, we could, you know, bore and stroke it out to four point whatever we want. Four know? point what? I mean, how much? Four point three, four. Really? You know, it's it's been looked at and the math's been done. The problem is, and we've tried certain things. We've tried. What happens is the pistons get larger. You know, they get heavier. Then it stops feeling like a GT3 and feels like a you know sloppy v8 or shitty v8 you know what i mean oh because you, there's more weight in the back yeah well How there's more, more weight, weight you know be? i mean think about balance. heavier pistons and uh -huh. balance you know okay i mean you can add more displacement, but how are you going to do that? There's cost involved right. in terms of more weight. More weight is the enemy in a GT3. Just go get a muscle be, car. Yeah, exactly. You want to be revving. Part of the thing with that 4.1 is that I thought it was still a GT3. Like you get in it and it's like it's still related. Like it's related to your 3.9. Oh, yeah, right? for sure. Um, it's not like the GT2. So you could technically make a big, you know, I mean, the GT2 doesn't rev the same way, you know? It feels heavy. It's got heavier, stronger components in it. I think Joe needs to drive 277. I do. I do. I do. I'm, I'm pissed that it's raining. I think you need to drive you that. You do. And you then do. you probably need an early car in your uh, stable, I think. And that way you can sort of see how the less is more lightweight, smaller displacement, work a little bit harder approach to getting a thrill out of driving is. And then you'll probably have the best of both worlds. Mentor me, Magnus Walker. Help hey, me. Help we'll just go for a drive. That's all we're going to do. Well, we talked we'll a lot about drive. that. I mean, yeah, we, we talk talked about, uh, Alex and I actually yeah. talked about him building me a 964. We yeah. talked oh, about that. Oh, that's a thing I want to build, a lightweight 964 yeah. RS-inspired car. Oh, you come to the right yeah. conversation. How, how light can you get one of those? They start out pretty heavy. They're actually heavier than a 993. Really? Mm-hmm. Why is that? Yeah, just the time period you know they got heavier and heavier so a lot of people they were sort of hated on a bit now they're really popular because they looked kind of awkward they're in a and, weird middle stage yeah it's like now. the end of the road for the early styling yeah. moving yeah. into the 993 guys are fickle aren't we 
We always like nine six four was the unloved nine eleven. Yeah. I mean, you could find them all day long under twenty gram, but now not anymore. Can. Those days yeah. of the so there, tables have turned. You know, technology was different then, a lack of it, I should say, and it, yeah, it was just heavier. Well, um, piston heads featured this really, really nice one recently, a white one that was like really radical. Look and at you, piston really heads. Light I'm impressed, dude. I'm impressed. Oh, You're bringing out the got, English I got flag. A computer. Yeah. Look at that. <laughs> He's an Anglophile. Yeah, he is. Is that uh, what we call him? Well, yeah. that uh, that one that they did do, though, that 1964 was very nice. Sexy. Really lightweight. And yep. just, I think the, the, the license plates had Growler or something like that. The thing that oh. sucks, though, and this is the, the That's the my buddy's stuff. car, Alex yeah? Bermuda's car, the white one. Have you Got driven the, that car? Uh, yes, I have. What's it like? A great car. A story with Alex. Punching Alex Bermuda's because I got him into the Porsche Owner Club, and uh, now he's become Pistons a really— 964 Growler. Pull, pull up Growler. Oh, yeah, I'll just punch in Alex Bermuda's. I follow That's him on it. Instagram. There you go. There it is. Oh, no, the back. Go back, back one. Yeah, he's a local guy. That's it, yeah. Yeah. Oh, is that your wall? Uh, no. <laughs> no, it's, I thought it was. But, uh, <laughs> Alex kidding. is a cool guy. I actually got, I was his first driving instructor with a Porsche Rona club. And uh, he runs a spec boxer. And uh, my buddy Tyson Schmidt that used to work at TRE built that car. And then Alex bought it from him and did his own custom. What's that like to it? drive? It's is fast. it like one of your it's, lightweight cars? It or? feels like 277 pumped up. These sort of these stepping stones. To me, that's the in-between 277 and the GT3 3.9. But is it as tactile as your yeah. 277? Yeah, it is. The whole deal? The thing that really sucks, Just though, it's faster. is that Everything comes a lot of those faster. cool cars never really made it here. Like the RS, is ne they had like an RS America, but right. it's not the same. You know, we had the one with the big fuck-off wing on the back, you know, uh, plexiglass windows and uh -huh. you know sort of uh, yeah. it's a shame in a sense that the states never gets a lot of these great cars you know yeah. like the 73 hours never really officially came no. in here and is that because of safety regulations yeah. and they don't want to crash him i guess or whatever yeah. no, not everyone's bill gates or he doesn't want one maybe you know? yeah 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 well it, this is a really interesting conversation and a lot of people um probably are ignorant to the joys of these lightweight exciting cars like what you have and certainly to what you're building these extreme versions of mm. the the race bred 911s mm. you know they're, they're they're fascinating cars it's a, and it's it's a, a group of people that enjoy them that it generates such incredible loyalty and mm. passion you know it's it's really unlike most cars in that sense yeah well we i mean you hadn't even i'd not even met you I'd, and the first phone call we pretty much had like i was like man he gets it you you rattled off all this stuff about gt3s you know yeah. and because you had the 2010 and i'd had it so i'd had that connection and yeah you'd watch the video and i pretty much you know we just kind of riffed for like an hour or so after work you literally and I didn't shipped want to him a brand new car. That was yeah, the story. He did. Yeah, you he never seen even me. took no. delivery. I didn't even no, met him. you never met wow. him. I just crazy. saw my wife's video. That's it. Wow. <laughs> I, I got to go back and see this video. Well, that video of the the green the Kermit. Uh, Kermit. You've never yeah. seen that video? Uh, no. Well, Throw I'm that go bitch do my out. homework. That Throw that bitch yeah, out. 3.9 okay. GT3 Kermit. Bear in mind, it was done on her Avid station back before we had high-def cameras. Hey, it didn't matter. Got Joe interested. Doesn't in matter, man. Throw up the video. Yeah. Look at that sick bitch. Yeah, Porsche versus Ferrari. That's a good one. You <laughs> see it. Uh, it smokes this, This not even a stock 458. Yeah. It's a 458 that's been modified, it's 430. Right? Yeah, this was, was on battle. Right. It was a 430. That's the, uh, the that's new That's the one. new one. Yeah, this was back at Beale Air Force. They shut down. This is How great is America? They shut down. 
Beale Air Force Base so that we could film a TV show with Tanner Faust and Paul Tracy. Who oh, drove, this was the one you were talking yeah, about. Yeah, and uh, it was, Boy, what was the show called? Fuck. Again? What is she holding that with an iPhone? No, no, she's not, no, 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 no. She's doing the editing. I'm doing the, the uh, she's, uh, yeah. Who's driving, Tanner and? Uh, Tanner's, Tanner's driving the green car and Paul Tracy's driving that one. Look at that, that fucking shit. wheel spin off that baby. Yeah. That's your Ooh. car, baby. That's yeah. Yeah. Just a green version of well, it. Well, talking yeah. of Tanner, I just saw you post on Instagram that he's liking the GT2. Yeah. Yeah, he likes it. Yeah. Did so he drive that thing? Not yet. Not yeah. He's got oh. an invitation. That's the guy you want driving that fucking thing. That's yeah. That guy's and Chris, a mad man. And Chris Harris. Did you ever see? Yeah, and Chris Harris. Yeah, but Tanner Faust is a real race car driver. No, I've I, I cool taken laps too. with him, dude. Yeah. He's he's also yeah. A lot of people don't sort of give him credit, but you know, because he's a drift boy or whatever. But didn't he beat like Michael Schumacher, you know, in the race of, race of champions. champions? And I've driven with him like on the track in my cars that I've built, and I didn't even know they could go that fast. I didn't know that he wasn't going to use any brakes. I mean, he's a animal, dude. Doesn't use brakes? Just, just lightly, just to set the car up. That's Gets it. Get some front end. Yeah, exactly. Balance. I was just like, you're coming in really fast. There's a wall right there, and he says, yeah, that's really close. You know, as he's turning, and he just, just lightly taps it, and we're flying around the well. He compresses the suspension so much at the hairpin of uh, Sears Point, and this was for uh, Speed Channel, that the uh, the front lip that I had on there literally it, it touched it and it exploded, shattered. it shattered. Went, <laughs> we thought like we blew a tire, and the guy that owns the track says, "Oh, I've seen that a couple of times on uh, you know the cup cars, just compression, you know." And he's doing that on our street car, yeah, just compression. How could that be avoided? Can you not avoid that? Raise it. <laughs> not go quite as fast. You not have Tanner Faust drive. <laughs> I don't know. Have you ever seen the video on Top Gear, the U.S. version, where he's taking this Corvette Z06 around this industrial area? Yeah, that was one of the early ones. That was the one of the early ones. Holy shit, is it wild? He's a stud. Oh, he's an animal. The way that guy drives, he knows what the fuck he's doing. It's so like precise and surgical the way he's taking corners well, on that tv show it was called battle of the supercars it wasn't the world's greatest show but like i said they shut down a stealth um you know that's where they fly all the uavs that mm -hmm. kill all the terrorists that's where they operate it's beale air force base like we weren't even allowed to look at in certain directions and there were lines with people with guns that would shoot you, you take your well, they would and shoot you if you looked don't well, look do don't, not, don't even look i don't know dude <laughs> don't look and don't cross don't step over this line right yeah it's it like a flair secret. for the drama have you dude, noticed a little bit yeah no well no we I got to I got to drive the car with a U2 spy plane taking off and I was like the touch and go car basically That's and he's like hilarious. don't get any closer or it'll burn your fucking paint off yeah, I would imagine. Yeah. Right? Those jet engines. Yeah. That's a, that's a badass little ride there. Gentlemen, we're out of time, but this has been a lot of fun. Oh. It's been um, emotional. Yes. Yeah. People Roll need coaster. to watch your documentary. They if they haven't seen it, it's Urban Outlaw. It's available on Vimeo. It's beautiful. It's magnificent. You're going to want to buy a Porsche. If you do want to buy a Porsche and you want to get crazy, if you want to get a, a, a GT3, send it to this guy. Fuck it. You only live once. If you can afford <laughs> to, send it to Shockworks. How about can it be, right? Juice that bitch up and that's juice right. it. You'll, you'll be flying in no time. Thank you, gentlemen. Really Thank appreciate, appreciate it. it. A lot of fun. Magnus Walker's on Instagram. Sharkworks on Instagram. And Sharkworks, uh, W-E-R-K-S, on Twitter and Instagram. Gentlemen, always a pleasure. Good times. Get that fucking shark out Get of here. Get out and drive. Get out and drive, Get bitches. out and drive. There we go. Rock yes. on. Rock on. <laughs> oh, okay. That's oh. a wrap. Ooh, that Look at you. Thanks, Well, three hours went pretty quick right there.